Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast episode 98. I'm your host back in the basement across the table from my co-host and teenage son Jack. Say hello Jack. Hi. I am incredibly full, just had a large brunch. You did not. You are drinking a booster juice instead. Your brother had three hours of basketball again. We went out for brunch afterwards. You made the probably wise decision to stay home (laughs) while we did all of that. And I'm incredibly tired, so we'll see how this goes. I got home at 3 o'clock in the morning last night from a my own choice, for sure. That was a poker game. Had a lot of fun out at a friend's place. And then got back here at like 2.30, had to drive a buddy home. Got home for good at 3 o'clock in the morning. So not a lot of sleep, but that might make it more interesting. I I don't know. I thought you came home earlier than that because I know I was up. I just dropped my bag off and then drove V home and then came back. So I ended up home for good at like three o'clock i guess warren was one something that's weird it was definitely not but uh mm. yeah so and you're i don't know you were feeling a bit better today your throat was bugging you yesterday yeah hoping, well now my head's starting to act up so we'll see how that goes hoping to get through this podcast uh, well I anticipate it, tomorrow being a very fun day the only thing i can tell you is that it finally happened folks i did not watch nxt this week and i am not reviewing nxt this week so that mm. is something new it took a long time what did you do for i've seen every single episode ever and now i have not i did not watch this week i saw maybe 40 seconds of something when i was flipping through channels but they have defeated me i will not watch it um i'll probably still listen to reviews of the show that i enjoy listening to those people talk about it and if it sounds like anything great comes up you never know i might check it out again or something's like so bad i think now that i've missed it once it'll be easier to Get easier and easier not like to watch. Like when someone's it. gone undefeated streak. But we're going to watch uh, maybe in your house tonight. Maybe. I don't know. Or it could, it could be also like if someone's like, it's something like so bad you got to see it. Kind yeah. Of thing. Could be that. If I, if I hear there's something so awful, I should check it out possibly. But uh, yeah. And then tomorrow we're going to a birthday party for if I'm not sick. a friend of ours down the street. So that's what our plans look like for this weekend. Anything exciting happened to you this week? I, don't I got know. sick. Well, obviously, you just said that. Anything else? Anything other than things you've already said two or three times? Uh, Can't think of anything. Big, no. exciting week for you, eh? Yeah, <laughs> as always. Yeah, so we're just, what, we got like three weeks left to school, winding down, and then summer starts, so that will be fun for you, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be awful. I think you should get a job. That's what I think. No, yeah. not happening. Why? Don't want to. Don't think I should. Yeah, you want money. You want to buy all these figures. You know, you got to get that money somewhere. But anyways. Yeah. We're going to do something to get you out of the house this summer. You're not going to be sitting around here all summer, I'll tell you that. I'm working at something else. Oh, what's that? Some volunteer hours? I guess. Nice. Where are you going to do that? I have no idea. I think it's Fairwood, so that just sucks. <laughs> Which is his school. His old school. His elementary school. Yeah. But anyways, I don't know. Do you have anything else to talk about? We I got... do not. We're going to change up the format a little bit this week because... We didn't get around to reviewing Double or Nothing on its own, so we're going to throw it at the beginning of this. I think we'll. It's not a backlash situation where we just didn't want to and no, we didn't care. No, I mean it was a super long pay per view. We'll get into that. I'd say we probably could have with no NXT, but I guess it kind of replaces it. This that's week. right. So we're gonna uh, do our news and rumors, then talk about Double or Nothing, then some AEW Dynamite, then some trivia, then some NXT UK, and then the any other wrestling business. The only thing since NXT is done for me uh, is we will preview Hell in a Cell correct mm-hmm. which I, I will be doing off the top of my head because i, I don't even I think i too, i don't even I, think i know what the matches are at this point i didn't care to like rethink them nope me either so we'll get our reactions in the moment and our predictions <laughs> on that 
but I say we get going. What do you think? Yep. All right, so let's take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. So ratings-wise, I will still do the ratings for NXT, even though I'm not watching it, just because I'm curious to see where it goes every week. So this week was the go-home edition of NXT ahead of um, In Your House, and it drew not-so-great 537,000 viewers down 3% from last week and earned a 0.12 in the key demographic, which is down from a 0.13 last week, so a barely move there. Continues what's been a little bit of a downward trend rating-wise. Um, despite that pay-per-view coming up tonight. So not great ratings for them, but not really surprising. I don't know why people... Premium live event. I don't know why people would Whoops. be watching. What was that? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know why people would be watching this product still, but uh, anyways, unless they're like WWE completists or something, because I'm about as hardcore an NXT fan as it gets, and I am done with it. So Indeed. To contrast, the Double or Nothing post Double or Nothing episode of Dynamite drew 969,000 viewers, so they're up 4%, earned a robust 0.40 in the key demographic, which is up 14%, so there's a very solid numbers, especially that's a really big uh, key demographic number, so good for them off of uh, a pay-per-view that we'll talk about. I didn't want to say if I liked it or didn't like it at this point, but we will get to mm-hmm. that, so yeah, what do you have for news? Um, biggest news of the week came on Rampage uh, last night as uh, CM Punk revealed he is injured, he requires surgery, um, but will not relinquish the title because we have to make things complicated. So yes, we will have an interim champion it, that will be kind of his place, will be kind of Forbidden Door. So something about a battle royal. I saw. Here's the convoluted yeah stuff. Fill me in. I on Diamond next week, the winner of a battle royal will face number one contender John Moxley in that same night's main event. The winner will go on. To Forbidden Door to face the winner of Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto. So basically, um, Battle Royal will face Mox because he's number one contender. Right. Whoever wins Mox versus insert name goes to Forbidden Door to face. Um, I think it's at. So people outside of your something. company get a better shot at right. the interim title than it. people in your company. I think like, and I saw someone will say it should have been like Tanahashi is in a non-title match because people will be fine with that. It's Tanahashi. Yes. And then you have. Mox versus someone else, like have the battle royal person go to the pay per view against Mox, because like, I think then it's like it's clearly whoever wins Mox versus blank. Right. And my friend said it should be MJF, and I'm like, I feel I like don't that, think so yet. That doesn't work because nope. I feel like that kind of short circuits the story they're telling there. I think they probably already have a plan for that. Agree. Um, and I'd rather them do something else like that doesn't have to involve the double toes. And I feel like. On one hand, like I, I'm okay with Punk keeping the title, like it's fine. But like also, because then like you, you don't have to do like a two-time champion, because maybe they want to save that milestone for like Omega. Right. But at the same time, I feel like it's just easier if you avoid all this interim title nonsense. Because the last time they did that was really messy. Although to be fair, this could actually be worthwhile interim champion, depending on how bad Punk is out. It's his foot, right? Is that what I saw? Some, I think something like that. I'm not yeah. sure actually. So yeah, I just sort of saw this about five minutes before coming down here. So interesting to see. I didn't know they were including New Japan people in this title, interim title hunt, but I guess we'll see where it goes. Also wish it was someone not Tanahashi or Hiroki Goto. Cause... Agree. Those are not two of my favorites on that roster. For well, and sure. it's just like, I don't like, I don't think anyone from New Japan's taking the title, but like... I don't either. They're, they're far from the most believable options to like yes. come to AEW and take the title. 
It yeah, should be like Osprey or Zack Saber Jr. Yeah. or something. Along I'd like those Osprey, lines. and also if Mox won, he's faced Osprey before in New Japan. I'm so not even a big Osprey fan. It just feels like that would make a bit more sense. He's yeah, more of like cool. a main eventer, headliner kind of guy. Or than even Tanahashi like, at this I, point, because he's career. also been there already. You could even go right. like Jay White or something. Yep, you could, or like I don't know, just not Tanahashi. Cause I don't really think Hiroki Goto's doing it because a Tanahashi already came out, and like I just think like. I don't know, Tanahashi's their guy, and then don't think that's really Goto. Like, I know who Goto is, but I don't, he hasn't, I don't think he's done much. He, and I don't think a ton of fans, unless they're following New Japan, are going to know who Goto is either, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, to go along with the MJF sort of brewing storyline that's been going on, uh, he's been removed from the AEW roster, and his merchandise is no longer available on their website either. So I think this is kind of a nice touch, right, that they're feeding into this current angle where MJF is at odds with Tony Khan. And I think, again, this is one of those, there's probably a kernel of reality, kernel of truth to this. Like, yeah. I think he's probably unhappy with the amount of money he makes because uh, um, a couple people who have signed since he renegotiated are making more money than him. But I also am fairly confident that they have just decided to make this a storyline as well, right? So there's a little bit of truth there, and then they're just expanding it into what I think right. is a really cool storyline. So... Ending um, the truth, as they say. Right, and going as far as to remove him from the website and his merchandise, I, I think, think is smart. a nice touch. So, yep. yeah, I, I mean, this is one of those, some of my favorite storylines in wrestling ever are the ones that kind of blur the line between reality, right? And yeah. um, so this is what they're doing. It's like a punk pipe bomb 2.0 kind of situation, yep. and I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, so. it's, I really like it. We'll talk more about it. We will. It we'll get into in it bit. in detail. But um, yeah, so that yeah. is something they are doing. Mm hmm. Um, Sammy Guevara and Pam number two. Sorry, I mean Ty Conti get engaged in Paris. At the Eiffel Tower. Oh. How romantic. Cool. Yeah. yeah, great. Good job. I anticipate they're engaged for a month. Good for them. Uh, he dumps her, and then she lines with American Top Team, and he um, starts dating, and we'll go with Anna J. Abaddon. And, oh, wait, no, Anna J's a jungle boy. Okay, yeah, we'll go with Abaddon, <laughs> and then they feud with like Ethan Page and Ty Conti. You never know. Or something like that. Um, you have any more? Yeah, I have a couple. What do I have? Two more? Three more? Three more. A very quick one. Jeff Hardy, in an interview with someone somewhere, I can't remember, felt said <laughs> that he felt disrespected by being put into WWE 24-7 storylines, as he should be. Yeah. Like, basically, for him, that was pretty much the point. That was the indication that they're kind of done with. Even you. if you're not a fan of right. Jeff Hardy, which I don't think we are, but like I, I'd have to like that's you're not that's a disrespect back. for like ninety right. percent of the roster, and then also like I don't know, like you can find something for him. And you're not coming back from that. It's not like you're gonna go to twenty four seven and then they're gonna heat you back up later. I think it's feels like once you're in that group of people, that's where you are, right? You are yeah. not a serious contender for anything now. You are a twenty four seven joke. Yeah, and I don't love Jeff Hardy, but I don't no. know how he ends up there i yes. honestly forgot he was in, involved in that at all he was and that was the kind of the tipping point for him i think i don't blame him I'm just, i just wish he had chosen elsewhere impact or something that we don't watch yes right and he's although been i there check before, in with impact so. i guess but i haven't lately maybe i will now that mm -hmm. i've got no nxt to watch mm -hmm. what else i have two more after that um so kazuchika okada's um reported opponent for Forbidden Door, he'll defend his IWGP title against uh, reportedly Hangman Page. So that's, that's an awesome match. Very appealing. Very appealing, yes. I will definitely... I don't really think Hangman would win, but it's still. Probably not, but... That'd be interesting if he did. Yeah, um, but it should be an awesome match. One that yeah, I'd be that's with. Your, that's two guys really in cool. their prime, right? Uh, yeah. 
top talents in their prime ready to go. I'm I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, back to AEW again. Thunder Rosa apparently frustrated by her lack of TV time. That was a in a what culture exclusive interview. So unnamed sources close to the That's situation. Sorry? That's where I got my stuff. Right. They're saying that the uh, reigning AEW Women's Champion, which is Thunder Rosa, she's frustrated with how little she's been on screen lately. Maybe she should kind of learn how to do promos better. It would help. And it was made worse that, uh, uh, by Wednesday's episode of Dynamite, which she received no f- focus whatsoever, despite having... Uh, I mean, I'll say it. I thought it was a really good match with Serena Deeb at Double or Nothing. It has been pretty well received. And then she wasn't on the follow-up show, right? So... I don't think she's wrong. As the champion, she probably should be more visible. And in the era of like, it, it just seems like this whole everything's great at AEW and everyone loves each other backstage. There's no tension. There's no anything. It seems like that's over right now. There's a couple people coming out being um, expressing their displeasure with sort of the way it's inevitable. Which I'm not surprised. Yeah, because there's so many. There's so many people. When there. you have this much talent, yeah, and limited exactly. TV time, right? Egos get involved. All of these people have egos and. People become unhappy. I, so. I think it, it like even if it's just like because it's an internet show, but convert one of the dark shows to something like for the women. Like I mean, I know that's not like it's not dynamite level, but it's at least like something. It would yes. give some of them more time, and because I don't think you need dark and dark elevation, right? They, I think you can choose one of those. Yeah, change it, and then that's something like I I. It's not a big spotlight, sure, but then at least like it would be something and like sure you could say it's still getting wins on the internet as you say but <laughs> like do. at least it would be like it wouldn't be like dark yes. it would be like and you could like tell the b storylines there you know what i mean like with um i don't know they haven't been on in a while but like bunny and Penelope before their kind of stuff would kind of be there yeah. and like that would be extra time for someone like rosa and like you could still have the major ones make it to dynamite of course but then i think that's like where a lot of filler could go and that would just kind of benefit the division probably yeah it feels like they only really have time on dynamite to dress one or two storylines like usually the jade and the baddies are there for a quick something yeah usually get, like some a other storyline and that's small it. segments a match and then that's it a match yeah. that's cut off by commercials yep Jeff. pretty much all, every time yep what else do you have um so johnny lee had an open challenge on dynamite and was he answered did. by miro who is now returned so yeah he looked good i thought I, good. we'll talk about that when we get there too but yeah it was nice to see because we've been saying like where is he where is yep. he so I don't um, know and if it they was pointed out has not been seen since November. Uh, was it the his finals neck of the He was getting fixed. Like that's my, I had no idea. That's my guess storyline wise. That's what they're saying. I had no idea. I think it might be saying. true. Yeah, and then um, he was in Bulgaria at one point. Right. Uh, my final one is that Matt Hardy has come out and confirmed that Jeff Hardy was indeed injured at AEW Double or Nothing. Uh, seems like a head injury, and uh, they're still not sure when it exactly occurred. But that Jeff was basically quote out of it for much of the match at Double or Nothing and doesn't actually remember the match and that basically Matt was giving credit to himself and the Young Bucks for just being veteran performers that can sort of work around that sort of injury. Whether yeah, because I wouldn't have noticed. Like, I thought he looked kind of off in his we, entrance. We, but... But we had also some... I, I had, in my might not be specifically in my notes, but I remember being like, it seems like they're waiting for Jeff a couple times to like figure out what he's doing or to get on the same page with them and that now oddly enough though this. i thought it was kind of one of his better aw outings because i thought i didn't he's mind looked, it either he's looked pretty bad in other ones right. i thought yeah um that is it for me for news do you have anything else um i've saved the least interesting for last is we have two main roster wwe news Ooh, pieces exciting i don't know anything so go ahead so um madcap moss got repackaged and he's just of course. basically just he had a generic entrance in black trunks so it's basically just 
completely stripping them down. I'd hardly call it a repackage. I'd more call it a depackage. Depackaging, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he's a young boy now. Um, he just has black trunks. <laughs> him versus Corbin in a no holds barred match has been added to Hell in a Cell. Well, so. why not just roll, run it back again, right? Yep. Because yeah. I we totally watched that match last time. Right. I don't even think we did. I don't think we got that far. And uh, Ronda Rousey's next title challenger has been revealed. The winner of the six pack challenge. You want to guess who it is? Mm, no. Someone pretty interesting. Who? Natalia. Oh my god. I honestly forgot Rousey had a title and, too. So um, let me uh say in that match was Shayna Baszler who is good and has history with Rousey. So right. naturally you pick Natalia. And our only the WWE boat. product we're watching now is NXT UK, right? That's the last thing. Otherwise, we're pretty much out on WWE altogether. That's true. Which is fine. I mean, we'll probably watch Hell in Cell, but like, is that even a guarantee at this point? Well, we'll start it, and then we'll see where we get from <laughs> we there, right? We'll start it. That's, yeah, it'll be like um, when we used to watch Raw. We'll right. start it. We'll, and then tap out. We'll watch as much as we want to. and then Which was usually 20 to 30 minutes. And we'd yeah, be like, nope, I'm out. To be fair, with Raw, it was, like, it was more like, it, what's your threshold with the pay-per-view like last time it was more just like it's it's almost late this is boring right it we've seen m- these matches three times yeah type WrestleMania rematches right, right. so yeah yep. um yeah that sucks and that's it for news from you and yeah all right well let's uh transition into something a little bit different we will tackle the most recent aew pay-per-view that we didn't do a special episode for so we're gonna take a i don't know i was gonna say quick but it might not be that quick we're gonna take a look at Double or nothing. So this was a very long pay-per-view. and we Yeah, there was like 12 matches or something. And we didn't even watch the pre, or the buy-in, I guess they call it, which was, what, Hookhausen won, as, as predicted. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really see that at all. But yeah, we... Oh, I will pull that up. So this show was incredibly long. I got really tired about the... The Deeb Thunder Rosa match. My notes. Not like their fault. No, not their fault. Really like that match. But uh, my notes may get a little more sparse as we go. Um, but, anyways, we'll get started. So, the I will opening. find our predictions as you yes, were talking. The opening match, which I was a little bit surprised, uh, they went with MJF versus Wardlow. Um, obviously, with Wardlow looking to escape the contract of MJF and get a contract with AEW. This storyline's been going on, I mean, almost for a couple years at this point, really, really slowly, right? Just those breadcrumbs of looks between... Such as um, Hangman and Omega. Right. So a really long, really well-built feud leading to this match. Um, Uh, Yeah, for sure. So early on, MJF is doing the classic heel, escaping the ring. I think it's who used to do that. Larry Zabisco, I believe, was one of the ones that would Larry escape Zabisco. the ring constantly. That is constantly, a deep pull. Right? Um, so he's taunting the crowd several times as it gets started. Oddly enough, I have a Larry Zabisco figure. Wardlow goes for a powerbomb right away. MJF resorts to biting his head and then poking Wardlow in the eye. We get a powerbomb that, again, is countered by MJF, and he's sort of selling a, a leg injury here obviously faking it because he's trying to get out the um what's it called the diamond ring what's the proper name for it? uh the dynamite diamond ring dynamite diamond ring but he gets caught by the referee and it gets confiscated so then he's sort of um begging wardlow here he's offering him like double quadruple his salary or something so they end up shaking hands looks like they have a deal but wardlow doesn't release then we get power bomb number one and then another and another and another um, he covers MJF with his foot after whatever it was, four or five, but then um, pulls back at a two count. We get two more power bombs, and Wardlow starts doing the um, 
Sean Spears' 10 gesture to the crowd, right? And then quickly hits three more power bombs. The 10th one, uh, the final, is with the straps down as well. And Wardlow pins MJF with, MJF with his foot on his chest, wins in, I think, what was about eight minutes here. And MJF is taken out on a stretcher. I believe they put a collar on his neck and the whole deal. Um, I don't know, like this, I guess this was the logical conclusion to this, right? Because everything was sort of... Yeah, I know, it definitely Wardlow. made sense. It was just really odd. For sure, but I I like for I liked it for what it was because I, yes. I think it made sense and really expect a super drawn out MJF match like usual. I think it's an odd choice for an opener just because um, it was so quick yeah, and one sided, right? Um, I think they did it well. Like I think this is what it was. It should have been like Wardlow was always gonna kind of right. demolish him. I think MJF um got a decent amount in for what he should have gotten. I think and I think I think it worked and it was uh the payoff we expected, but not necessarily in a bad way. Um, we both right. called it, of course. Um, so I liked it for it was an odd choice for a pay-per-view opener, but I think it was still well done. And I like the AEW went. Yes, everybody assumes Wardlow's going to win, but that doesn't mean you need to it's, swerve us. Yeah, right? it's not going to be an unnecessary swerve. So I, I expected Wardlow to win. I even thought he would win decisively, but I didn't expect what was essentially a complete squash. Right. Um, right. I don't really remember much of what MJF did. And I, he basically bit his head and looked right. him in the eye, and that was about it. Um. So this is going to do a lot for Wardlow, but if I'm going to nitpick it, and when we get to Dynamite, it, I noted that they do not mention this at all. MJF is completely done and moved on to something else. Right, and I would even say this could also fuel MJF's anger on Dynamite, but it is pretty much ignored, yeah. My, my only complaint is, as someone who has watched other matches with MJF, what does it say about all of the people that have either lost to MJF or even had a competitive match and well, beaten MJF? One of them was Darby Allen. So it should be like, are you telling me, based off of that transitive property, right, Wardlow should be steamrolling everybody all the way to the title? Right, yeah. Because he that, just squashed MJF, who has beaten good wrestlers or has who has gone toe-to-toe with good wrestlers. So unless you're going to just push Wardlow to the moon, which they might be doing... Right, I, it is. So I don't know. I'm probably... Although I feel like if I I I get that, and I think, but also like then if you're nitpicking that, that that also opens up like so many other like yes. But um, yeah, that's fair. But if Wardlow is so much greater than MJF, he's got to be a lot greater than the people MJF can beat, right? But again, <laughs> MJF cheats all the time. Anyway, which I'm... they didn't allow here, also. <clears throat> right, I'm probably thinking too deeply about it, but yes, an appropriate match. I thought I really didn't have any issues with it. I don't know if it would have been my choice for an opener. Uh, but yeah, it made sense in the uh, scheme of For the sure. story they were telling. Mm-hmm. Then we get a quick package recapping the Hardy and Young Bucks situation ahead of their match. And it is the Young Bucks taking on the Hardy, bro- br- Hardy brothers now. Is that correct? They're not the Hardy boys. They're just the, it's like the what they did in their 2007 WWE run, I think, or something. It was like, they're just the Hardys, not the Hardy boys anymore. Right. And Caprice Coleman joins commentary. I, I do like the job that he does. He's there because the, both of these teams were in Ring of Honor. Um, they faced actually each the other. Hardy's last non WWE match before they faced each other in Ring of Honor, right? So yeah. I guess it makes sense that he's there. So we get the elite and delete hand gesture battle to start as the older brothers uh, start out. The this elite match. have a hand gesture? What? What? Too sweet? Or... They were doing some sort of like they do an E oh. or something. I think. No, okay, I get it now. Um, and then the mats battle to a stalemate, and the younger brothers tag in. 
Nick sort of Nick Jackson mocks Jeff Hardy's dancing a little bit, and then the Hardys which a he's little good at the Hardys a little bit later mock the Bucks like double bicep pose that they do, which they didn't they didn't do. I find it funny because I thought Nick Jackson mocked the uh the Jeff Hardy really well. He did, and then they kind of didn't do the Bucks thing right, like where they should be facing opposite. Right, so they should be leaning opposite ways, and dum dums can do it. Details, eh? Um, the crowd is chanting for Brandon Cutler at one point and Nick Jackson doesn't really like that. So I don't know if that's teasing anything or he was just sort of working with what the crowd oh, yeah. was giving him. Did you him. see when he like, when they, uh, mocked the Hardys, did you see he like dressed up as Lita? Yeah. almost like the thong sticking out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was really funny. funny. Uh, poetry in motion is met with a vicious Nick Jackson oh, kick that was instead. awesome. Looked great. And then Matt Hardy has Matt Buck up. Matt Buck, Matt Jackson, up for a, raz- for a razor's edge, but gets hit with a nice super kick from Nick Jackson. Uh, Jeff Hardy gets isolated for a while. Cutler pulls Matt off the apron so Jeff can't tag out when he does finally get a chance. Nick then misses a whisper in the wind, and Jeff, I put eventually, because this is one of the times where it felt like he was a little bit slow to do what he needed to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he ends up hitting his own whisper in the wind before finally tagging out to Matt. Which I, that just always requires so much setup. It's like one of those moves that you could complain about, where it's like they always have to stand there. It's like it looks like they're waiting and for it. And what does the twisting and stuff add? Why don't you just jump off and kick him in the face or something? Right. You know? Anyways, um, sometimes he actually accidentally does kick people in the face. He does. Him. Matt Hardy takes out both of the Bucks and Cutler before hitting a nice side effect to Nick Jackson. Uh, Jeff is super kicked onto both of the mats out on the floor. We get a flipping senton off the top to the floor by Nick Jackson. And now we have Matt Hardy is isolated by the Young Bucks. Nick hits uh, his brother with a knee accidentally and then also accidentally just smokes Brandon Cutler with the kick to the face. We get I feel a... like they've done that before too and it looks awesome every time. It did time. look good. Side effect to Matt Jackson on the apron after Nick's taken out by a diving Jeff Hardy. Double stomp by Nick to Matt Hardy over Matt Jackson's knees. Uh, Jeff misses a swanton, gets hit with a twist of fate by Nick Jackson for a two count. Um, the Bucks miss a BTE trigger but then hit double super kicks to each of the Hardy boys. Repeated super kicks to the kneeling Hardys after Matt is sort of so defiant many. and calling them on. Yeah, they keep getting up, which is kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, they continue their defiance. Each take a double super kick, but still kick out of that pinfall attempt. Cutler then sets up the ring steps on their side outside of the ring. We get what they called a BT bomb by Matt Hardy. I don't even remember what that was. I just I don't either. what they said. Um, and Jeff I'm puts Matt Jackson remember. on the steps and hits a swanton. Then we get a twist of fate by Matt Hardy to Nick in the ring for a near fall. Second twist of fate to Nick. Jeff goes up top, hits the swanton for the win in this match. I did not write down how long it took, but um, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good tag team match. It The Bucks def- definitely um, weren't working their fastest pace in this, and I think that's likely going to help out the Hardys, right, who I don't think at this point can keep up. Um and no, this is where not. this is where my note and it makes more sense now. I had it seemed like Jeff needed to catch his breath or pause for a few seconds a couple times. So now, in hindsight, knowing that he was in fact injured, that makes a lot of sense. I still thought oh, I every- thought he was like intoxicated. Well, that's always a possibility with exactly. him. Right? Unfortunately, still everybody worked really hard to put on an entertaining match. Um, they're stealing each other's poses and moves was interesting, right? Um, but really, no, none of the really exciting spots from the Bucks, right? Like it definitely was the Bucks toning things down, maybe yeah. just due to the age of the Hardys and if Jeff was not at full capacity. Mm-hmm. So definitely not their greatest match. Their kicks looked really good as they always do. I mean, considering neither of us really wanted this match or loved the Hardys, I think it was about as good as we could have hoped for. I'm not trying to say it was a great match, but 
No, a, I didn't it love it. It was a good tag match. I ended up coming out of it like not, not at odds with it. Like it was. Yeah. It was okay, and I think the Bucks toned it down for sure. But they, they were still good. Um, and I think they definitely carried it as they probably had to. Yes. And even if Jeff was a hundred percent, I think they would have to. I don't love um, the Bucks taking the clean loss. It's not a huge. I don't love deal, that either. But... I think the Bucks should have won. Right. I don't really see this prolonging, so it's not like they're going to get their win back. Not that they have to, but I think we might get another one of these yeah but i don't see it happening for a while so that's i i kind of wish they just had one and then it's like a one and done because i don't really need this again right um but it was okay i guess like i again didn't want it but um not complaining about it no it wasn't it, bad it was okay it was there um but like you said about as good as you could hope for i guess yep considering you didn't want it then we get a really strange i didn't write any details but do you remember the gun club acclaimed video yeah um weekend vlogs with billy gunn it was pretty an uh, odd little package yeah. there, but I guess they're now affiliated because uh, Bowens is out again, unfortunately, with a serious injury. I don't injury. remember him being out before. So I guess it's giving Caster something to do. Bowens was out not long ago. Was he? I feel like he hasn't been back that long. I could be wrong. I don't remember but him ever so. being injured. Really? Nope. I think I he was. I don't remember. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> we then get, um, I think we could safely say, easily the worst match on this card and did not belong on a page. So here's part of my issue. I've seen accounts where Tony Khan, because game seven of the Eastern Conference NBA finals was on, he was determined to make sure the main event was on after that game finished. So that's why there's a bunch of filler in this show that probably should have been on the buy-in or not at all, right? And this would be a, that makes sense. a nominee to get off of this main card for me really quickly. Okay. And that's Jade Cargill taking on Anna Jay. Jade is defending the TBS championship here. Um. So I like Jade Car Cargill, especially her character and mic work. But in the ring, um, I think it's clear that neither of these women were good enough to carry this match. No, right? definitely but, not. Um, so anyway, well, Cargill physically could, but a few, yes, a few What's details your from it. At? Jade does catch Anna Jay at one point, hits a fallaway slam, and then um, that was following a little bit of a flurry from Anna Jay early on. We get a snap suplex and a stiff clothesline from Jade. Then there is some awkwardness between the two um, and eventually leads to a superplex by Anna Jay. Things are really slow and awkward and Jay hits an odd looking sort of blockbuster, I guess, that we didn't think looked super great. So then add to the fact that this isn't a great match. There's all kinds of people coming down and getting involved, right? So Kira Hogan and Red Velvet show up and they get double DDT'd on the floor by Anna Jay. Uh, the Jaded gets countered into roll up by Jay and then she hits a super kick. So then Mark Sterling comes down. He tries to, I think he distracted the ref and sent one of his crutches into the ring, right? But it ends up in the hands of Anna Jay, and she um, uses it instead of Jade Cargill and gets a near fall from using the crutch. Then John Silver comes down, and he hits a brain buster to Sterling that actually looked pretty good. And then we get the Eye of the Storm by um, Cargill, I thought looked really Jordan good. the Islands. Yeah, it looked really good. I yeah, I like that name well. too, though, actually. Yep. Um, and Jay, Anna Jay then counters Jaded into a Queen Slayer. I thought that was a pretty rough spot. I didn't think it looked very good either. Oh, right. That was really weird, yes. And then Stokely Hathaway, because enough people haven't run down yet, um, he makes a surprise appearance. Anna Jay is distracted. We get an Avalanche Jaded. I put kind of. It still looked good, but I don't think it was like the cleanest Jaded. From, it was still an Avalanche, so it looked pretty cool. No, because she was just standing there for a while. Did not. She look was. Cool. Uh, and Jade wins this, I would say, rough match in about seven minutes. Um, so Stokely Hathaway is with Jade and the baddies, and Statlander runs down. 
she gets nose to nose with Red Velvet, and then we get a debut. It is Athena showing up, formerly known as Ember Moon in NXT. Um, she shows up to sort of even the odds as there's a standoff here, I guess, foreshadowing some sort of involvement by all of these women. What's your computer at? Uh, my computer is at about half. What are you at? I'm we're sh- at we're sharing 9%. A, we're sharing a power cord, so you better take it for a little bit. Yeah. Um, this match was a mess. I think the vast majority of it. These... Uh, it's very messy, like, into a fault. I put that they seem to have anti-chemistry, which yeah. isn't nice, but it, that's what it kind of looked like to me. Neither woman can carry a match of this magnitude. There were several stretches that were just kind of awkward and what I would call clunky. Then you're a whole bunch of run-ins and shenanigans, and you have the worst, I think one of the worst AEW pay-per-view matches I can remember, to be honest, because they usually... Yeah, I don't remember generally like disliking pay-per-view matches. Yes, so this one was not good. I, I am happy to see Athena there and Stokely Hathaway because... That's what Who, I wanted. Did we mention that's Malcolm Bivens? Right, Malcolm Bivens, yeah. which I was hoping would join, right, and basically do um, Hurt Business with, with women in AEW, with Hathaway playing the MVP role, which is kind of looks like what we're getting. So I, mm-hmm. it's what I was hoping for. But yeah, I thought this was a dud of a match. You? Yeah, I didn't like it. It was just like the anti-chemistry is very visible, like you said. Um, it, There's just like a lot of messy stuff here, like some stuff like, not even quite botches, but just, like, a lot of it was so messy. Just, like, some stuff didn't quite hit right. And even, like, the finish, like, it was just, like, Jay just looked so stupid standing in there for a solid five seconds right. at least. Like, just, like, it just didn't look good. And, like, it just didn't feel like it would be worthy. Even before the match started, I didn't need to see this here. Um, I'm fine with the debuts. I, I like Ember Moon. She's pretty good. Um, Hathaway's cool. He is. Um, I He's think good. it's kind of very wrestling to do all the people of color there but i don't know it could be good so i'm not gonna go with that too much um so those are interesting but i don't really think that warranted this here a rough match with just so many moving parts and so many people involved right was not my favorite at all we then get a quick forbidden door video and the next match is death triangle taken on house of black so house of black all come out in face paint i thought they looked pretty cool yeah i looked really nice face paint expert yeah it helps Betty Murphy, right, to sort of fit in a bit more with the other two, I find. Yeah, he's, like, Buddy no Matthews. tattoos. Right, so the face and paint like, helped him, I think. Yeah, I think it looked cool. Black looked, like, pretty, kind of creepy, actually. Like, he looked cool. Yeah. Um, so we get some quickness and strikes as Black and Phoenix start out. They both dodge each other's spinning kicks, and then Buddy ends up tagging in. So Matthews and Penta with an impressive sequence involving a whole bunch of kicks. Uh, Pack, it's going to be hard to take detailed notes on this one because it was just a mile a minute, this one. Uh, Pack and Brody King tag in. Pack gets sent to the floor. King hits a nice forearm to Phoenix coming off the ropes. I love Brody King's forearms. All six are brawling at one point. And then my notes literally say, things get crazy. I can't keep up. Sweet poison Rana and a big clothesline to Matthews. Huge spinning sli- side slam by Brody King to Pack. Slingshot sent on by Matthews. Brody King misses a pretty devastating looking cannonball attempt. And Pack finally tags in Phoenix as they'd been sort of working over Pack for a bit. Phoenix, um, Makes Black powerbomb Matthews before the Lucha Brothers dive to the outside. Brody King kicks out of a triple team. I think it was a code red onto him and then a moonsault at the same time, if I remember correctly. Uh, Matthews counters a suicide dive into a suplex on the floor. I think that was the one he was supposed to catch him, right? And he didn't quite catch him cleanly. Right. He kind of had to yeah. take to it and grab him and suplex mm-hmm. him. I mean, 
a really hard catch to try and catch somebody in like a vertical suplex position. So I don't mm-hmm. blame them. I, I appreciate them trying it at least. Uh, people hit moonsaults and things to the floor before Brody King. Uh, remember when he tried to dive over the ropes? Oh, yeah. He almost <laughs> killed himself. Yeah, he clipped, uh, clipped the ropes, I think, and ended up coming down hard on the apron, then the floor. So not the cleanest of the big man flying through the air. Buddy Matthews throws Phoenix to King who immediately hits a nasty-looking Dante's Inferno. That looked sick. That was pretty gnarly. Like, it was. Talk about spiking him. It was awesome. Uh, JR, at this point, I noted, is clearly mad about the referee's lack of control. And instead of just not saying anything and letting us enjoy, he has to point it out, right? Like, he just can't not say, the refs have lost control of this. Like, why are you drawing attention to that, man? That's not helping the product in any way, I don't think. Right. But anyways, um, the heels are in every corner now getting kicked. Pack hits a brain buster to Malachi Black. We had Destroyer to Matthew, Matthews on the apron and off of Phoenix's back. Stomp into a DDT on the floor by the Lucha Brothers. So that has Malachi alone in the ring getting kicked. We get a Black Mass. What, has he, is that have a name in AEW right now? I don't, I don't know. So I don't he, think so, but he I'm hits, gonna call it Black Mass. He hits it on Penta and Phoenix. We get a 450 by Pack to Malachi Black. We get a kick low by Pack. He sets up for the black arrow and the lights go out. Julia Hart, when the lights come on, is there and she spits mist into Pac's face, signaling that she is officially going to be in House of Black, I guess. We get the black mask to Pac and this match is over in 15 minutes, about. Um, I think this is my favorite match on this show. I I think think it might have been match of the night for me. And one up there... Uh, buy-in effort yes this was crazy uh it was pretty much what i expected all of these guys are fantastic um i was thoroughly entertained by this crazy action all over the place not everything was clean as we pointed out but they were trying to do so much and everything else looked so good that it's not a big deal if they're trying really ambitious things Mm -hmm. and they're not perfect right it's bound to happen i enjoyed every combination of these guys um julia hart coming back makes sense i don't it's not my favorite finish to the match it i was right in predicting some shenanigans it doesn't upset me really but it protects pack I'm not it, thrilled but it, it protects pack and death triangle yeah bit, i figured right? they would do something so i kind of should have seen that coming but and so i thought this match was just a ton of fun and i honestly at this point i really needed it after the cargill anna j match i needed something to get me back into this um might have been my match of the night at least in the top three matches on this show for me i thought it was great what about sure. you yeah um it, it was really it was really fun a lot of stuff going on it's a really great um collection of talent there i i love pretty much all of them mm-hmm. even over you kings i've seen him the least but um i even like him like for what i've seen i, yeah. I think all of them are really great i think it's a great combination house of black look great with the face paint gives him a bit more of a like a very united cool. look too because like it's all the same right um and i find it interesting like pack had like uh, black with hints of white and then you got all black penta white phoenix that that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah so they only have what like you said 15 minutes they crammed a lot into here a like in, in a good way too like yes. they, they did a lot they accomplished a lot some of it wasn't the cleanest but like they did a lot so you can't really fault it too much i think they they bettered on the effort with uh, eric redbeard from the yep. revolution buy-in. that match was great too yeah and that to one was fair. great so that this one was even better um, the finish is fine and makes sense. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, in general, I think like a really great use of not a super long time. Um, and definitely one of the best matches on the show. And it it looks better coming after the TBS match for sure. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. 
We then move into the first of two uh, Owen Hart tournament finals, and that is the men's one where Adam Cole is taking on Samoa Joe. So we get Joe with a series of punches. And Cole's the... wearing like all pink, which I think looks really cool. Right. And it was kind of, I feel like, telegraphing things. But he yeah. Was, he was, but that's fine. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, so series of punches from Joe in the corner. Once they do finally get started, as I think there was a lot of them like trash talking each other and standing in the middle before they started. We get an Irish rip, back elbow, insiguri combination, classic Samoa Joe. He is in control early with some methodical offense here. Super kick on the floor eventually shifts the momentum to Cole, and he runs Joe into the ring post. He starts working a lot on Joe's injured shoulder here. Joe ends up countering the Panama somewhat sunrise into something commentary or myself couldn't name. I don't even remember what it was. That's what my was that when he said. dropped him on his shoulder. I think. And yeah, they couldn't. They they offered no explanation That's of like what a the gut move buster, was. But I couldn't tell. Right. Also, I hate when they call it the Pittsburgh sunrise. That's just not right. And then uh, Joe hits his classic STO out of the corner as he tends to do atomic drop boot and the senton by Joe. I like his senton. Like, it looks like it hurts more than some guy's top row. Oh, yeah, because he just jumps and falls on him. And he's just a big, big boy, too. Nice power slam by Joe. The boom is countered with a big clothesline Last from shot. Joe. Uh, sure. Uh, Cole then fights out of the muscle, muscle buster and hits a high kick for a two count. Excalibur, um, this match, there was some slow... It, the pace wasn't super fast here, and so Excalibur explains it away by saying like they're feeling each other out kind of thing. The pace didn't bother me. It's just terrible phrase. like lightning fast. Uh, Powerbomb into an STF by Joe, but Cole gets to the ropes. Um, Bobby Fish, or as my notes say, Bobby Dish shows up, yep. which I didn't feel that was really necessary, but anyways. I also thought it was odd. It was just Bobby Fish, and also why, why, why Bobby Fish? Uh, I guess because... Okay, never mind. Bobby Fish is the only Makes member sense. of the group not wrestling. Not doing something, right? So he snaps Joe's Basically, arm he's a loser. over the top rope. Joe ends up ducking the boom, knocks Bobby Fish off the rope, defiantly takes several super kicks, but then Adam Cole does hit the boom and defeats Samoa Joe. I like Samoa to say the Joe. boom is a terrible name for that move, and I hate it every time they say it. Adam Cole wins, not surprisingly. I think we probably both picked that one after. I know I did, and I'm pretty sure you did too. 14 minutes. Um, I thought this was a pretty good match but i was hoping for an excellent one vastly different pace right from the car crash that came before it which i think is a good thing right yeah there's sort of shifting gears we're getting different match no it doesn't have to be the same different paces um so yeah i was hoping for even better than this but i can't complain about it i figured cole would win it feels to me like samoa joe's kind of like roh bound maybe um i don't so i don't think he needed to win here so i would say like a a good match but not amazing what about you um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good and a change of pace, right? Which I think is good because you kind of got to pace him out differently. Yes. Um, and like, uh, slower pace, but not like the TBS match where it's like bad and or boring. Like, I think this was good. It was. Um, wasn't boring. I think it was fitting of their two sides. I think it was pretty good. Like, I think it kind of, in a way, is paying off the bit of tension they had in NXT when Joe was the, uh, general manager enforcer that. So that's kind of a. Right. Ending to that in no way. And yeah, jo- Joe is definitely occupied with other things. And right. um, I think it makes sense for Cole. Uh, it's pretty cool. And um, the last shot he hit at the <laughs> end um, looked a little weird, but um, it was still fine. I'm um, pretty good match and uh, right guy won for sure. Yep. And then so once he won, I figured we knew what was going to happen in the next match. And that is the tournament finals for the women. And that's Britt Baker taking on Ruby Soho. They played a bit of a video package before the match. Uh, and Rebel and Hater are head to the back after kind of coming out with Britt ba- Brit Baker. They don't stay. So they're gone to the back to keep this fair, I guess. 
Um, we get oh right. Um, what was it? Jericho's guitarist, Fozzy guy. Fozzy's guitar plays Brit song, which is not very noticeable. It looked weird because it's just like it looked like he was guitar lip syncing, yeah. for lack of a better term, right? Maybe yeah. he was actually playing, but I don't know. And I then kind of tell it parts, but like it's not super noticeable. And then Rancid played um Ruby Soho's theme, like the whole song. I thought they sounded pretty good. Yeah, they sound pretty good. Like they one did of a the good better job. um live music aw entrances because some of them like, they're pretty hit or miss but i think this one was actually like pretty good right um so let's see what's going on here baker early on was looking to work a ruby soho's arm and ribs um and then uh, just some strike exchanges and stuff uh soho is grabbing her ribs and sort of selling that as we go uh she hits a top rope sent on for a near fall still selling the ribs baker hits a stomp for a near fall after uh landing on the top turnbuckle chest first Baker then gets her glove out trying to set up for the lockjaw, but Ruby's able to counter it a couple times the second time into a pinfall attempt. And then she hits the no future before locking Baker in a sharpshooter. Uh, obviously what was the no tri- future again? Tribute to Owen Hart. Isn't it that um, the kick thing, the eat defeat? Is that what no, it is? No, it's not. It, was, it used to be the riot kick. So. Yes, I think so. Sorry, you're right. Um, Baker's able to break out of the sharpshooter, crawling to the ropes. Uh, Ruby goes for a victory roll to get the pinfall. Baker reverses it into a pin of her own for the win. Um, I, I, I thought this was fine, like a good match. I don't know if it was an amazing pay-per-view match or anything, but um, I've just, I'm not sure how good Ruby Soho is. Like the more we see her, the less. The I think more she's I'm like, like okay. I think I overrated her at some point, and now I'm like, she's okay. But she doesn't look like she's a top. Yeah, no, tier I remember. Um, woman. you said I'm pretty sure I agreed. Like when she came in, like you're like, oh yeah, she's pretty good, and like it should be good, and like she's all right, like she's a solid hand, I guess. But like, I don't know, she's just not like she's in between like the ones who suck and the ones who are pretty good. I think you're right. She's like not in the obviously enhancement category, but she's not the top tier of like Sheeta and Baker and Deeb and Rosa for me. And I'm hoping right. Ember Moon now. Yeah, and I th- I think it's kind of funny because I think her and Joe wore green. Yes. And Baker and Cole had pink. Right. So, so I mean, I think this match was good. Did it feel like a major pay per view match to me? Not really. No, not one of Baker's strong settings. But it either. wasn't bad. So then we, that obviously has the couple of Britt Baker and Adam Cole as the champions of the Owen Hart tournament. With their big fat square belts. Yes, they do get presented. I don't know when that happened, but they do get presented. After the match. It was. I thought that felt like something that could have waited. On a really long pay per view, you could have done that on Dynamite for me, right? Like, yeah. Not that it wasn't maybe a nice I touch watched or whatever, it. but it was quite lengthy, and yeah. uh, it just added to an already lengthy pay-per-view. But again, they were trying to draw it out to have the main event not be during the basketball game, so I think that was their goal. Yeah. We then moved to another match that, in my opinion, was filler and did not need to be on this show, and that was Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Sant, American's top team or whatever, men of the year combination. They use their theme, yay. Taking on Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Tay Conti. So, first of all, Kazarian just being quickly, like, turning or whatever and added to this group didn't really make a ton of sense. Page it was Van, Rampage, which explains why we didn't see it. And Paige Van Zant, who they were promoting a while ago, then they just kind of forgot all about her, right? And didn't really deal much with her at all and then I brought her back for this. So, I don't... 
I don't know why we needed this, not on the buy-in or not. I would on even TV. be fine, like if you take out the no, not to it, be whatever. But it like, feels a lot like a TV match. Yeah, and not to be whatever, but I'd be fine if you stuck it on here without the women. Like, yeah, not I, not to be whatever, but I, I so I I don't know. Guevara early on um hits a springboard cutter, and then there's some double teaming. As he does with him and Conti, I think they hit a soup double suplex to whoever it was. Oh, and they came out with um they had taken some. Uh, American top team UFC belts and stuff. Oh they right, those. right, right, right. Um, so there was a Paige Van Zant was not involved in this right of uh, at all very much, and so she gets knocked off the apron at one point, so she can't tag in. So Kazarian and Guevara, they're having issues not getting along together, right? Because Guevara was just super like mugging for the crowd and just showboating more than he usually does, even. And Kazarian obviously wanted him to focus on the match. So they're, like, that's one of the things that bugged me. You seem to, like, have shoehorned Kazarian into joining them, and then he's already having problems with them right off the get-go. I Every, think it was, like... It a, was, like, warp speed relationship for Yeah, I guys. think it was because it's, like, enemy of my enemy is... Right. But then it didn't yeah. work out, which I guess is possible. But Van Zant finally makes Can the tag. Can they coexist? She throws Tay Conti around a little bit. Guevara has to make the save. Uh, Van Zant hits Guevara with a punch to the stomach and then a tilt to world DDT. The feared MMA stomach punch so, a year after the Cody Ogogo match. So as these things tend to happen, right, where the women end up hitting offense on the men, but the men do not return that favor ever in these. Yep. Um, so they face off in the center of the ring. Kazarian then refuses to work with Guevara, but he does end up uh, tagging himself in. And then a little bit later, Guevara accidentally super kicks Tay Conti, right? I almost forgot Pretty about hard, that. Pretty hard, too. It did look pretty good. And that leads Scorpio Sky to hit a cutter on Kazarian for the win. Because even though I thought... TKO. Yeah, sorry. That's right. I thought that was weird too. Like, Kazarian leaves like he's going to abandon them. But then he's there back for the bat and and sort of takes the pin too. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. I, I wasn't really a fan of this. I thought it was like, okay, but nothing amazing, obviously. And just kind of like... It doesn't feel like it needs to be on this show. And Sammy, I thought, was just an idiot in this match. I found him very annoying. He was like suddenly significantly dumber than he was just a few days ago on Dynamite. And right? the baby face is supposed to be dumb, like. And that's the other problem here is I don't think they ever planned on Men of the Year in America's top team being baby faces, but everyone just hated Guevara and Conti so. Well, much. and then it's also weird because they did Sky's kind of heel turn on Kaz before this match, so it's not even like. Because you know how Sky was kind of baby-facing right. to win the title? Yes. And then they, they heel-turned him before this match, so that doesn't even make sense because then now like he, they're right. kind of scrubbed of their baby-faceness if there was any. Right. And then, so there was some good action in this, and I don't think Paige Van Sant, like, she didn't embarrass herself. She didn't look like a natural. I think she wasn't bad. Um, and again, Kazarian's inclusion seemed random. And again, this does not need to be on the pay-per-view. This is easily a TV match, if that. So I was not impressed with this. You? Yeah, I don't even remember much from this. Like, it wasn't like <laughs> bad. It wasn't great. It just wasn't memorable and wasn't worth my time. Um, again, I didn't care for Paige Van Zandt's involvement. I can't say I remember what she did. Yeah. Um, Conti, same can be said. I don't remember what she did other than take the super kick. Right. Um, Guevara was dumber than usual, which is not typically how heels work. Te- Typically, they're smarter than the baby faces, which were nowhere to be found here. That's um, true, too. They're, where were the baby faces? Here? I would say my highlight of this match was Men of the Year using their theme song. Nice. 
Um, then I found this is where this pay-per-view really picked up for me and from here on out is really strong. And that's moving into a match that kind of came out of nowhere. And that would be my, my main criticism. And that's Darby Allen taken on Kyle O'Reilly, right? Like this was just kind of added on. The, like a couple of days before, I think. Again, feels like filler. Like we need to stretch this out. Yeah, this one probably felt like, even though I liked it other than the other film, more than the other filler matches, I would say it felt the most filler. I just enjoy like the contrast here. You have this super technician, right? Against like the daredevil. So right. that's a cool idea right off the bat. So O'Reilly starts out strong, attacks Allen with some strikes on the ground, and um, Allen gets busted open here. I think they said it was from a knee. I can't remember exactly. That would make sense. Um, so Allen comes back, attacks O'Reilly's leg, hits a reverse DDT, a few more moves, including his code red, and a dive to the outside where he landed really awkwardly. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It looked like he died. It, it was I one was of the things concerned. where it looks like he died. And you're just like, okay, he got up. Maybe he's okay. Um, he does his suicide dive seconds later, but O'Reilly kind of catches him directly into a guillotine uh, that looked pretty cool. The momentum swings. Uh, we get a coffin drop onto O'Reilly as he's hanging off the ropes above the ring apron. He goes for another coffin drop in the ring, but O'Reilly catches him in a choke that he lit transitions quickly into an armbar. He then eventually, O'Reilly gets the win with his King Kong knee drop to the back from the top rope. Why is it King Kong? I don't know. I think they've heard them call it that before. Really? I so thought I, it was Mox at the King Kong Lariat. I don't know. I've, I've heard them say that, but I could be, I could be wrong. Um, so for me, I mean, I really enjoyed, I was, first of all, really surprised to see O'Reilly take the win. Yeah. I would we not have predicted that. Darby. Uh, I thought he looked, specifically, he looked really great in this. His strikes looked real. His submissions and transmissions are always just so smooth and impressive. Just he's just a technical star, man. And then Darby gets his cool spots and some reckless offense as well. Um, again, I just wish this had a story and some stakes to it. But I thought this was a really good match, nonetheless. I quite enjoyed this, you. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was a, it was a, it was a good little match. Um, I liked the contrast, like you said, with um O'Reilly and Darby. And I, I really liked when he caught the second suicide dive at yes. the end of the game. I thought that was pretty cool. Again, surprised he got the win, but I, I think that's good for him. And Darby, I do too. I'm Darby happy can for take him. the loss as it, it was a pretty one-off match too, like yes. or like random at least. Um, so that was cool. And Darby didn't die. So Darby's one of those guys. Losses don't really seem to hurt him, no. right? That much. It's not really a huge deal, and it doesn't feel like he needs championships either, which might not be great. For and he him, already had but, one, so right. And I think they could always go back to TNT title for him one day, but I don't think like that's necessary. No, he doesn't soon. need a belt. He's no. just as popular without one. Though I, feel I could like. see him being interesting in the trios division. Yes, for sure. Uh, we then get our uh, Serena Deeb Thunder Rosa package ahead of their match, and it is for the AEW Women's Championship. Serena Deeb challenging, Thunder Rosa defending. Um, so this we get some just counter holds and counters to start, bunch of reversals and things. Um, Thunder Rosa gets a pendulum submission early. Then we get Deeb uses a neckbreaker over the ropes to sort of get momentum of this. Uh, follows up with a swinging neckbreaker inside the ring. Things start to build. We get counters, submission holds from everybody here. Uh, Thunder Rosa hits a stomp to Deeb as she was bent over and followed with a D uh, Death Valley driver for a near fall. But Deeb comes back with a chop block into a figure four. That forces Thunder Rosa to roll out of the ring. Um, and both women sort of fall to the floor. Deeb hits the Deeb Tox for a... It's hard to say Deeb Tox. I thought it's Detox. I think it's Deeb Tox. For a near fall as Rosa gets her foot on the bottom ropes. 
Uh, Deeb follows up with a power bomb and a clover leaf that Deeb manages to get out of. Or sorry, Rosa managed to get out of. She hits a superplex and the fire thunder driver for the pinfall a little bit later and retains the belt. Um, I thought this was, I, I, like I said, I was sort of starting to fall asleep at parts, but I thought this was a really good match. It wasn't the match's fault. It was just a really long day and a long pay-per-view. I thought these two were really evenly matched throughout this. I, I went as far to say this is one of my favorite women's matches in AEW in quite some time. Yeah, I think it was the opposite of the TBS match. I think these two had uh, really good chemistry. They really did. They complement each other really well. Which um, even it even makes that match look even weaker, yeah. right? The Cargill-Jay match. And I think it benefits one. Rosa a lot because I think her reign hasn't been off to a great start because the right. promos are meh, and her one defense was against Nyla Rose at Battle of the Belts too. So I think this definitely helps her a lot. It makes Dee look good. Like she doesn't look too hurt by taking the loss, which I would have expected. So I'm yes. not, I'm not uh, mad at the loss. Um, I didn't like Rose's ring gear. I thought that looked really weird, but other than that, I, I didn't think, mind like, it. I think this is really good. Um, she auctioned it off it for some cool cause, too. I that, forget that's what cool. it was. Yeah, I mean, it sucks cool. that it's kind of ugly, but um, I, I really like this. Yeah, it was good. I think it drives home the point, too, that there's like a few women on a separate tier from the rest in this Yeah, company, you're not right? finding this These like, are two of them. with many other um, on the roster. And I'm hoping that Athena can join that top tier, right, and get some I quality matches. Just, I hope we're just not, like, pulling a Ruby Soho on her, you know? Right. Which is going to become, I, the, that's going to be the term. <laughs> the Ruby Soho where we're like, yeah, she's really good. And then, like, as we see more and more go, no, is she? she's not really. She was good in NXT, so, I mean, we'll see. I think I also did like her better than I liked Ruby Soho in WWE. Like, right. I remember actually liking her. Yes. Um, before she lost to Shayna Baszler, I remember. Right. Um, then we get to just the madness that is the Jericho Appreciation Society taking oh, on this is hilarious. Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, Danielson, and Moxley, and it's Where anarchy. half of the match was to Wild Thing. Anarchy in the arena. Yeah, they... <laughs> it was awesome. So they they start playing um, Mox's entrance. Or right, and music. so they all enter to that like through the crowd, which is cool, actually. And they then I joke areas. about how they're just going to play it on an infinite <laughs> loop, because you're like, wow, they're playing more of his theme than they usually do. And I said, oh, they're just going to play it on an infinite loop for the whole match, and then they... They really almost like they were did. Going to. Yeah, they played like um, they like half of the match is playing out to Wild Thing. It worked until somehow. like Jericho um destroyed one of the. And I actually loved it. It was awesome. Somehow Jericho knows exactly what device yeah, to grab. And I actually it. loved it that they're just too. like, it was like I don't know how to. It's like almost like their version of like it's like the epic final battle in a movie playing out to the soundtrack. Yeah, like, I it worked. So I just I really liked it. It was it was. A, just like it sounded cool, just like something about it was really cool, and it was really funny to me that so, they were like, it lasted so long. This is a bizarre situation where this match <laughs> is so many things I hate about wrestling, but I love this match. I it don't was great. understand. Yeah. So there's far too much going on for me to capture all of it for sure. Just chaos from the minute it started, right? You have 10 guys brawling all over the place, blood everywhere. <laughs> uh, Matt Menard is bleeding really badly early Eddie on had like gasoline at one point moxley's bleeding a little bit into it too um we got hager was put through a couple tables with a street sweeper right to the outside oh that's right garcia hit ortiz with a pile driver on the ring steps that looked incredible like stuck him with that it yeah oh amazing. that was that was cool yes um then they're sort of paired off brawling through the crowd into the concession area there's mustard involved at one point um moxley then goes to work on the ring, right? He takes the turnbuckle and uh, detaches the top rope, uses it to crotch Jericho, while Kingston and Garcia are brawling like in a freight elevator at one point, right, in the arena. Um, 
And then Moxley and Danielson are sort of paired with Jericho and Hager in the ring until Eddie Kingston just looks absolutely psychotic coming down to the ring with a can of gasoline, <laughs> right? Like, just looks... He's so good. Yeah, like what uh, Jerry can is what they call it. Yes, yeah. he's so believable as whatever he's doing. So he dumps, I mean, he's just like covered in blood. He dumps gasoline all over Jericho uh, and Danielson, actually, because he's there as well, right? Um, so Danielson gets up, tries to stop Kingston because they obviously have some tension, even though they're supposed to be working together. Kingston's about to <laughs> set um, get a lighter and set these guys on fire, and Danielson has to step in. So then they actually... Kingston, yeah, they were actually getting into a bit. Like I was like, oh, they're right. actually kind of going at it. They brawl a little bit until yeah. Jericho hits both of them with a the chair, right? Uh, and then... Of course, we get the barbed wire table or a board or whatever it is. And it was Hager. a barbed wire board on a table. Right. And so Moxley ends up going through that. Or on it. Because like, I think the board doesn't break and it's on top of the table. So therefore, the table did not break. Right. Uh, Jericho hits Danielson with the turnbuckle sort of kit there, holding on to like the turnbuckle, hitting him with it for a two count. Danielson fights off Hager until Jericho, or sorry, and Jericho, until they're able to take him out. It was like, I think Hager had an ankle lock, and then Jericho's like choking like, him with the turnbuckle as he was in that. It was actually kind of... Right, then it was recent. a half crab, and then oh, Hager, that's what it was. Hager wrapped the top rope that's around was, Danielson's neck, right? And Danielson ends up passing out, basically. So, I know it sounds like we talked about a lot, but it's still really only a fraction of what yeah, happened. Yeah, that was a fraction. It was like, a lot of it was just like brawling around, like a lot of yes. not notable stuff. So on paper, like I said, this was not a match for me. I haven't been a fan of Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't generally love extreme plunder matches. I complain about quick camera cuts sometimes. Um, I complain about crowd brawling. And that being said, this match was just bananas. And I had a great time watching it. We talked about it while we were watching it. Like, people called that Johnny Knoxville match. At, that's fun. That's just the fun part of wrestling. That was just stupid. It, this was fun to me, right? Like, even though this was super bloody and violent, there was also fun here. I got a huge kick out of them playing Wild Thing for half. Like, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. So there was so much going on. It was hard to focus, but somehow that just added to the chaos of this match, right? The right. crazy camera cuts, stuff happening all over the place. Right, and I didn't I didn't think this would match up to... I think this does kind of match up to the first Stadium Stampede. Cause I don't, it, last year's was yes. okay, but the first Stadium Stampede, I remember that being really fun, yes. kind of matches up to that. And Eddie Kingston looked insane with the gas can. He had violence, blood, crazy spots. Um, I was not expecting a ton of... I thought, you know, this might be a crazy match, whatever, but I really, really enjoyed there this match. There was a stereotype by Pound Powerful. Yes. That was pretty cool. And there's so many things about this I generally don't like in wrestling, but I thought this match was super fun. Again, it's in my top three matches That's on the, the show. The finish was pretty brutal, too. Like yes. They're just like choking the crap and out of Danos and literally like, choking honestly, life out of him. Like, yes. Look, they were reefing on it, it too. looked like they were trying to murder him, basically. <laughs> yeah. Right? So and I they was were already bloody, so it makes it look even like worse. Thoroughly entertained, really surprised by how much I enjoyed this match. Uh, again, in my top couple matches on this show. Yeah, it it over-delivered for me, I think, a lot. Like It was just, it was all over the place. And I think a, it kind of started out a little like, a lot of brawling but i think it ended up being like super fun like super fun a lot of stuff going on like um there was just so much to cover and like we you covered a uh quite a bit there but that's like There's just scratching the surface of, yes. yeah 
I thought it was hilarious that Mox's theme song was like, I and I, like it was funny, but I also loved it cause somehow. Like I would have worked. Man. I would have been happy if that was playing the whole time. Like that would have been even funnier. Like, like if I think you that described it to me, I'd be like, "That's stupid." But watching it, I was like, <laughs> I "Yeah, it, it yeah. works." Um, and like once you got in the ring, there was actually some pretty confident stuff, like uh, some pretty cool stuff. And the finish like was brutal too. Like they were just choking the life out of dance, and like think if that's how they're gonna win, that's that that works. Like we didn't predict that, but I think nope. it worked, and I I loved it. And I think we're building the blood and guts now. I hope that I don't think that could match up, but I hope it does. Like that's the problem, right? Where do you go from here? Like what what's left to do, right? So they're gonna try as we'll get to dynamite and talk about what's yeah. coming up, but. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to go after this. Mm -hmm. um, so then after that madness, we get into what would be the penultimate match of the night. And that is for the AEW Tag Team Championship, where we've got Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defending against Team Taz, which is Starks and Hobbs. And say it, what's the team name? Help. <laughs> and this, usually AEW doesn't do this, but what was it? Swerve in his glory? Swerve in our glory. Swerve. No, I don't want to say that ever again. It's Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, so right away, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus hit stereo moonsaults to the outside on each of the teams. Then uh, everybody gets involved. Lee catches Jungle Boy on a dive and power bombs him onto the back of Luchasaurus. Uh, each team has moments of control here where they get to sort of do their trademark stuff and show you what they can do. Um, and everybody looked pretty good here. Lee hit a big dive over the top rope to the outside. Um, Doing Keith Lee more, things again. More cleanly than um, Brody King did. Um, <laughs> Luchasaurus at one point accidentally hits Jungle Boy with a kick. Um, and it almost gives Lee and Swerve picking up the win. But Jungle Boy is able to fight through it. He and Luchasaurus eventually hit the Thoracic Express. Not the cleanest one I've ever seen them hit. But they do hit that. Again, my notes are getting short here. There was a lot more going on than this. Um, so they retain the titles, which I did not pick, but I'm pretty sure you did. But we'll get to the score sheet after. What did you I think did. of this match? Um, I liked it again. I think I can safely say this three-way format uh, pays off for them. Like At least in the I tag like matches, I liked Because I remember I really enjoyed the one with uh, Bucks and Red Dragon. I, th I still think I like that one more, obviously, because I think those are su more supreme teams. Because right. like, these ones are pretty, like, uh, at least Starks, or sorry, Swerve and Lee are new. Are new. And I would all I argue them as such. Team Taz Sweet. don't they, do they a ton don't, of They it. haven't gotten a lot of spotlight until now, right. which I mean, and they've, I like they've, been, them. they've been doing good with that for sure. I like that there's a lot a lot to like here, Um, like a lot going on. And like, there's a lot, but it's like more of a controlled mess, unlike mm -hmm. Anarchy in the Arena. And um, I think the champs retaining is a safe pick because um, I think the titles will get dropped to someone like more built up but i really like this me too i thought this is a really good match as expected i thought lee and swerve looked really good and i think they. i made... really like their tag finisher yes they make an intriguing tag team going yeah. forward right um so... name aside i hope they keep going right with that team. Yeah, yes name aside <laughs> for sure i was hoping for a title change because I, I think jurassic express is uh it's been a bit of an underwhelming title reign for me but even I've though actually, I, like... I really like their matches me though. too i keep saying that but i enjoy every match but that's just i don't know what they don't seem to need the titles to me. No, but I think they've done well, and I I do wish it was Lucha Bros involved instead. But yes, nonetheless. So I I really enjoyed this. It wasn't like a blowaway match, but highly entertaining match for sure. Uh, that leads us into our main event. Although somewhere along the line, because I didn't make note of it, was a very cool segment right with 
Andrade, so I'm super happy with this. Oh, yeah, this. Um, so basically, right, he was ditching the yes. awful losers, and he brought in a former friend, I guess, from probably CMLL or yes. AAA, uh, Roosh. Which I know you former haven't Ring seen of a ton champion. of Roosh. I was kind of at first, like, when I was watching ROH, like, what's the big deal about Roosh? But he's a great, great heel. There's something about he's got this charisma that works. So I am thrilled that A, Andrade, who's one of my favorites, is getting rid of that afo because it's right. ridiculous and he's right they're a bunch of losers no offense to them but um they're not at his level so he's brought in somebody and i don't know if they're gonna go with like the los and gubernables where it's just like these guys just run roughshod and don't follow any rules and cheat constantly um i kind of like it but i'm very intrigued by Rush's arrival and partnership with andrade i think that's a big upgrade for andrade so i'm hoping absolutely yeah i'm very interested in that which even wasn't if you want to go dynamite, but... even if you want to go tag team for a while fine by me right um so Bring yeah in, I'm thrilled. Uh, dragon lee wherever he's at love dragon lee so i don't know where that fit in in the show i just remembered it here but it is the main event the last thing we're going to talk about and it's for the aew world championship hangman adam page is the champion he is defending against cm punk again notes are not super long on this one but um we get some mat wrestling early on. Punk retains control until he tries to go for a crossbody off the top, and that allows Page to do like roll through, pick him up, and hit a fallaway slam and a crossbody over the top to the floor. Um, we he tries to set up for the buckshot lariat, but Punk sort of charges him and knocks him from the ring apron into the ringside barricade. So then Punk's in control again, hits a superplex. Um, he. Page would eventually hurt his own leg, sort of with a moonsault to the floor. That gives Punk the opportunity to try and come back with his own buckshot lariat, but he falls down. Page lifts him up to go for the go to sleep. Um, Punk was able to counter out of it um, and then failed another attempt to hit the buckshot. So it's a lot of each man trying to hit the other man's finisher here. Uh, Page was eventually hits the dead eye for a two count. And then, and honestly, I, I don't know if you remember that, but I think that. And I think the crowd would as well, like, it looked like the ref pretty much counted three there. Like, maybe Punk kicked out too late almost on that one. But I don't remember. Um, Punk kicks out again after Page does hit the go to sleep. Um, and then Page is in control. He goes for the buckshot against Punk. He counters it into an attempt at the go to sleep only for the referee to get advertently. I think he got kicked in the head and went down. Yeah. So the ref is down. Page grabs the belt, looks sort of uh, conflicted as to whether he's going to hit Punk or not. Which is funny, because then I'm watching NXT UK uh, later in the week. Right. Yes. Uh, very similar idea. So he's hesitant, decides not to hit Punk with the belt, drops the belt, goes for the buckshot again instead, but Punk counters that with the go to sleep. This time he connects and gets the victory and wins the AEW World Championship here. Um, I thought this was a pretty strong match i wouldn't say it was like all-time amazing main event but i thought it was an excellent match it felt like the main event of a major show yeah i really liked i don't think it was like the most interesting but um or i no, no it just wasn't the most exciting but i think it was like it was really good and not was... everything was perfect for sure but there was some good selling some good storytelling i the yeah. out the outcome isn't exactly what i wanted i would have preferred page i would have much preferred and i still want that but... it doesn't bother me a ton but i did think this was an excellent match i don't think it was my favorite match on the show no but i would say um what is it arena anarchy or whatever and the six man tag and i don't know i might even like have liked um deeb and 
Rosa better than this. But anyways, I still thought it was a very, very Yeah, it good wasn't match. the most interesting main event, but um I think I it was still really good. I'm I wasn't really thrilled with the result and I yes. still stand by that, especially with now what's happened. Not their fault, but still. Right. Um but I think it was really good. I think um Punk what he botched the buckshot, which yes. didn't look great. But, but then he like tried to sell his leg. I think right was what he was trying to compensate with it. Which kind of is funny now. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of funny yeah. now. But yeah, a really good match, no doubt. Yeah, um, and I think honestly, Pages, there seem to be mixed reviews on his title reign. Character wise, I don't know if they did as much as they could with him, but his matches were all excellent, like excellent yeah. matches. So I think that's a feather in his cap, and that I think he should have gone longer. I think he should have dropped a Tim Jeff. I don't. I still think it should have been him, but I think that we're gonna work back around to that with Punk, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Overall thoughts on this show? I thought it was a very good, but not great show, and a partly due to just the sheer length of it. Right again, because he didn't want to conflict with the NBA Game Seven, they definitely had some filler in the middle of this show that would have been better suited on the buy-in or TV, like. The Jade Cargill match, America's Top Team match, and even though I really liked it, the O'Reilly-Allen match, those three don't need to be on this show, in my opinion, yeah. right? Which would have brought this down to a more manageable time. I also thought um, you could add into that the presentation of the Owen Hart Cup and belts could have waited as well and freed up a bit of time here. Uh, I thought it hurt the momentum of the show a bit. But that being said, House of Black Death Triangle match was probably my match of the night. It was fantastic. Loved the Deeb Rosa match. Uh, Joe Cole underdelivered a bit, but was still really good. Um, and then we got the debut of Roosh, which I think is awesome. Athena debuting. And then the last five matches of the show were super strong, I thought. Uh, middle portion lagged a bit for me with filler matches. And so overall, I was torn. So I'm settling on a B. I thought it was a good pay-per-view, and I do think there are some matches people should go out of their way to see. Uh, Arena Anarchy, the six-man uh, match, and even the Women's Championship, probably. Even the main event. So I would say there's four matches I would recommend people go out and see. Um, but I know the last couple pay-per-views, we've been like thrilled when it's over. And right. like, we need to talk about this tomorrow. I didn't have that feeling from this. No. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm still not upset that because I spent my money on this pay-per-view. I don't feel like I wasted my money, but it wasn't quite as strong. Just because if you had trimmed the fat, this show would be probably a B plus or an A minus. But they didn't. So it's a B for me. What about you? Yeah, um, I think when I think it kind of suffered from having too much and kind of dragged at times. But when it was good, it it was really good. Like I think, well, I'm actually like I, I like the opener for what it was. Um, and, yeah, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, like the trios match was really good. Um, Anarchy in the arena was great. Women's title match was great. Um, those are probably the three. Or I'd even put like the three way tag over the women's match. I really like that too. Yeah, it was um, fun. And then the main event was pretty solid, not my favorite, but I think that was still really good. And then, like, you have, like, a couple things at the middle of the road, like like the Bucks, Hardys, or even, like, the mixed tag was fine. Yeah. Um. Actually, Darby, Kyle Riley was really good, just, again, filler. And then the TBS match was really the down. Oh, yeah. The downside of this. Brutal. And even the mixed tag, I'm not, not sure. But, like, that, that just did not need to be here. There was some stuff that didn't need to be here. I understand why they did it, but honestly, would have rather they just did a normal pay-per-view because that would have bumped it up a lot for sure. Um, I think I really like some of the stuff, so I think I'll give it like a low end B plus. That's fair. I think that was what I was debating between B and B plus. So a good show, not a great show, uh, but definitely worth checking out for sure. And that's going to wrap that up and we'll go into what followed that from AEW and that we'll be taking a look at this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. (laughs) 
And we open with CM Punk and FTR, as on social media they've been calling themselves CMFTR. Oh, have they? I have not seen that. That's fine. I uh, guess. It's not as bad as Swerve and Our Glory, but it's also no MJFTR, so. True. Um, they're taking on Max Caster and Gun Club. Um, the entrance was good. Yeah, huge reaction for CM I Punk. I think the new, um, the new uh, formula for the acclaimed entrance when they're with the Gun Club, it's like, uh, Max Caster rap. Then you have both the ass boys do shout the location, but they both get, get it wrong. wrong. Then yes, Bowens gets a smart. pop uh, by doing it because usually just Bowens would shout it. So that kind of seems to be the formula. And then he shouts "Scissor me, daddy ass." Yes, and and really good rap this week from Caster. There was an straight Amber, to the Amber Heard, yeah. Amber Heard reference, Bret Hart references, right? So I thought it was really good this week. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the notables: there's a drop down leapfrog by Cash followed by a big back body drop. Probably to one of the last boys. I don't even remember. My notable early on member is hating the sound mix. Oh, yeah. You can barely hear JR. The other commentary commentators are quiet, but the ring noise and the crowd noise is extreme. And it doesn't matter if you turn up your volume because you're just turning up the volume of everything, <laughs> right. right? So Which you tried. It's, they figured it out eventually, but I was not impressed yeah. with the mix here. Um, yeah, and there's a springboard cross by from the corner by Punk. Uh, Dax hits uh, back suplex to Colton Gunn, looks to the hot tag, Gun Club cut him off, hit a double flapjack. Punk botches on the way in, but then goes on a hot tag he flurry did. containing another botch. Yes. Uh, Punk powerbombs Austin into Billy Gunn, who is up on the apron, kind of botched that too. Uh, Punk hits a GTS into Austin, or to Austin, who goes right into a smash contraption from FTR, and then Punk scores the win. Um, after the match, Punk says he's never done drugs, but he imagines this is what it feels like. Yeah, ask Jeff Hardy. It definitely makes you botch. Mm-hmm. Um, he says uh, you can call him whatever you want, uh, but you got to call him champ. That aged well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dax uh, talks about what pro wrestling means to him. His wife and daughter motivate him. Whether you're from a different company or the same company, he'll. And he said something else. I didn't catch it. Punk says that brings in the New Japan professional wrestling, which I don't know if I've ever heard that. It called that. It's like you just New Japan <laughs> pro wrestling. Like yeah. I couldn't quite pinpoint at first what it was, but I remember the second I heard him say that, I was like, "That that's off. Yeah. Um, And they have a pay-per-view to sell, so he asked, like, he's like, Forbidden Door, who you got? And then Tanahashi comes out. Um, So I guess that sets up that match. Again, yeah. that has aged well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, One note, I, one note I detail I liked was Billy Gunn when he took a cheap shot. I think he cheap shot a Dax, and then he was, like, selling his hand. Like, yeah. he heard his hand punching him. I thought that was a good touch. Punk was really off on his timing with the guns in the middle, and it might be the guns' fault. They're not super experienced. Yeah, I, I was don't know. kind of like, but it looked weird. This kind of made me annoyed more that he won well, the title when, because, like, the, his first match after his was he title for win. This? I don't know because that might explain he, some of it. Or he got injured in this. Like, I don't right. know. But like, like aside from that, like his first match after winning the title, he's like botching and like he looked kind of slow, like. This just did not give me much faith for his title run. Um, and like I think like I just don't. I'll give him time, of course, but I don't love that he looked like one. This is one of his worst outings in his first outing as champ. So I didn't. I didn't love that. In hindsight, maybe it was an injury. I don't know. Maybe. Now that we know. Um, everything else was solid enough. It was an okay match, and I'm not particularly thrilled or itching to see Punk versus Tanahashi, which we're not. Me either. Um, could be good. It will not. And they're both pros, so we'll see how it goes. It will not. Once it's confirmed, <laughs> it was not. Yeah, I thought the match was decent, but I was a bit confused too. Punk seemed off. Um, to be fair, it may have been the guns who were to blame. I don't know, but or maybe he was recovering from his match from Sunday, or maybe he was, but it wasn't his best work here for sure. There was some good stuff in here, and the crowd was fantastic. Uh, 
but not a top tier opener for uh, for Dynamite for sure. Um, I was disappointed in Punk's promo afterward, not because he didn't do a good job, but because I was hoping that he would lean into being a heel, and he's clearly not, at least at this point. It was clearly just like a one and done. So I thought Dax was great on the mic as he is, and I guess we got a bit of suspense before they announced Punk's opponent. It's Tanahashi, who we talked about it in the moment. Tanahashi's never been my favorite uh, talented wrestler for sure, but never been my favorite, and he's definitely not in his prime at this point, so it's not the ideal opponent, but it doesn't guess it all. It's all a moot it's point. Not, I thought Punk's it's, also it's not he, happening anyway. He grew out and his beard is grayed out more, so right. he, uh, like I like that. Now that he's won the title, he chooses to look older. Right. That's just so nice. He's a grizzled veteran now. Grizzled young veteran. <laughs> but now that we get to talk about probably the best thing from this week, oh, maybe. Best thing from the month. So let's uh, go ahead and talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> I should say it's the best thing from the month when it was on June 1st. Right. Best thing <laughs> of that day. Um, so we get we get to hear from MJF. So he comes down in the ring. MJF said he is in a lot of... Um, Your notes so are betraying the, you? The note I borrowed, um, it says MJF said that he was in a lot of right now after what happened on Sunday. A lot of pain, I oh, believe he go. said. Yep, that makes um, sense. MJF claimed that all the fans wanted was to hear him talking. He said that this is Max Friedman talking and took his scarf. So I guess real life MJF doesn't have a middle name. <laughs> no. Um, MJF said, or MF, I guess. <laughs> That's funny too. Um, said that a lot of executives are there this week said that the boss has been trying to get him to sit down and hash things out with him, and the fans are chaining shut the F up. Um, MJF said that everybody in this company was handing a tick when they first started. It was all friends wrestling. MJF said he created moment after moment. He still gets no respect. He said that nobody is on his life. <laughs> on his level? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It says on his life. Everything he touches turns to gold. There's nothing he can't do. MJF talked about how he's expected to hit Grand Slams, and he does that on a weekly basis. MJF said that other boys settle for being great. Well, He's a 26-year-old held under a microscope because he's the only that's capable of carrying this company on his back like he has done for months. MJF wondered where the fans were when they were calling him an unprofessional piece of crap. Um, MJF said that the boys in the back all want a spot, and if you want a spot, you can have it because he doesn't want to be there anymore. Ooh. He called the fans uneducated marks that tweet their opinions like they're worth a damn. <laughs> he, t- he told the fans that they don't know anything. He spoke about how some fans think he's not good in the ring. And he talks about he's trained. And he's like, oh, I'm not untrained like your faves. Right. And he said that he was the best in the world. He said he's the only guy that makes you feel and doesn't have to do a bunch of bull crap to get there. Um, just said that he's a generational talent. You people consistently take him for granted. He says, not just the fans, it's the big man in the back. MJ asked who the second biggest man for minute draw in this company. He said it's him. MJ said we should ask Staff Boy TK. Um, MJF said you can't ask Tony to reach into his pockets as that he has been busting his ass for him since day one. And just said that Tony wants to hoard all the money so he can give it to all the ex-WWE guys who he does name drop um, WWE. And he keeps bringing in, and they can't lace his goddamn boots. Um, MJF wondered if he would be treated better if he was an ex-WWE guy. And just said that the boss is in a, in a position of power in the wrestling business, but he should be behind the guardrail with the fans. He looked at the camera saying he doesn't want to wait until 2024, um, which is when his contract will expire. And he says... Um, that he wants Tony to fire him and yells at him and even like part of it gets bleeped out. Yeah, well, a ton he, of it ble- he got bleeped get, out. He, gets call- uh, he called him an effing mark because I actually saw it in Uncensored. It reminded version. me of Beverly Goldberg when she goes on a ramp and they just bleep out the whole thing. Yeah. There was like a full sentence or so and that his was mic bleeped. is also cut to end it. Right. Yeah, see, I like the way he said like, don't count me down, right? Like a more subtle way of being like, 
they're telling him he has so many seconds left, right? And he's like, don't count. Uh, yeah, I mean, man, this was incredible promo here. Um, interesting, again, I noticed right away, not a single mention of his feud or match with Wardlow. It's like it didn't happen, basically. They are shifting gears really quickly here. Um, and again, nitpick among nitpicks, because I love this promo, but not the best time to be coming out talking about how you're the best in the world when you just got absolutely squashed on a pay-per-view a couple <laughs> days before this, right? So timing-wise, a little bit odd. But again, nitpicking, MJF was on absolute fire here. I couldn't care, how, couldn't care less how much of this is storyline, how much of it is real. It doesn't matter to me. It's thoroughly entertaining to watch on my TV screen. This is reminiscent of Punk McMahon, and I've since seen somebody did like a sort of a mashup of the two, um, the, the pipe bomb and this together. I don't think this is a coincidence. I think this is like an homage or reference to it. Uh, he had the crowd in the palm of his hand for this. Um, and he looks like he's quickly, although we'll see now with uh, how things are going, that he's jumping from one lengthy feud that had a great build into what is likely another one, right? I, this was just a captivating promo by one of the best on the mic, and he's only 26 years old, right? And one other detail that I love to add to the reality of this, commentary say absolutely nothing about this promo afterwards, right? Like they, they, because they cut to commercial to sort of imply they're cutting his mic off, and then they don't mention it when they come back, which I think is a cool touch. And I like, think it'd be interesting, like you could also interpret it as like, which I think would maybe be the intention, it's like Tony Khan's like, don't yeah, talk about it. Exactly, like, that Tony's in their ear going like, do not mention this because that promo wasn't supposed to happen, et cetera, et cetera, right? right. So again, blurring the lines, making this feel real. I loved it. Um, and I think maybe, again, kernel of truth here, and they're turning it into a story. And I, for one, am here for it. So I love this. I, I imagine most people did. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Some people are calling this like one of the best promos of all time, or like a second coming of the pipe bomb. I wouldn't be opposed to either statement. Um, same energy and dynamic as the pipe bomb, too. Um, I thought he was absolutely amazing here, on fire. Some of his best work. I believe it's a work, and it's not real. Of That's course. fine, I think it's a great story leaning into the real-life reports and whatnot. So like it... There is a kernel of truth to it. I think even if it is like fake, I don't care because I'm. It's it's so great. It's it, and it is believable too. It is entertaining, it's right? It's really entertaining. Yep. Um, it's it is believable if it was real. And just the best guy to sell it to, even if it's like even though I do think it's a work, I'm invested because it's super entertaining. He's getting me invested. Like he'll he'll make you want to believe it, right? Like yes. even something like that. He's just he's so believable. Um, he was live at times here. It was great. He name dropped them multiple times, which generated a pretty good response. And I think that also like makes it more real for some people because yep. like, usually you don't do that. I'm super excited to see where this goes. Me it's hard too. to tell which parts are real, which is or which is fake, um, which makes it great as well. It was really great. One of the best things I've seen in a while. Fantastic stuff. Mm -hmm. Best promo in a long while. Um, and that's two weeks in a row because I think I also really enjoyed the Hangman Punk thing last week. This is better, of course, right. but I think last week's was pretty good too. Um, next we get a Johnny Elite Open Challenge, where he signed an open contract to face anyone, which we discussed was Miro. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Definitely. Uh, notables: there was rapid corner blows and then stomps by Miro. Uh, Miro caught uh, Johnny Elite and then hit. He hit a swinging slam, kind of ends like a near nagi. Um, there's a springboard in Zagiri by Johnny Lee and the standing students are pressed for one count. There's a weird dive botch from Johnny Lee and then a Machka kick by Miro. It's funny, when he was supposed to miss a dive, he kind of hit it. Right. And when he's supposed to hit a dive, he kind of missed it right. in another match. Yes. Um, and so then after that, Miro wins with the game over submission. 
Yeah, um, I, I liked his promo that he cut. He talked about his neck of sand has been fixed, but now his heart is broken, and he did his usual Redeemer promo. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and again, still nothing said about the MJF promo, which I like. This match was all it needed to be, right? Miro gets a dominant win over a quality opponent, not just some jobber, but actually a guy with some name. And considering how long he's been out, which has been months and months, right? Since, I, since November. I thought he looked uh, pretty good here. Um, and I'm a big fan of Miro, so I'm glad to have him back. This is all it needed to be, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm happy to see Miro back finally. It's definitely been a while. Um, they brought him back well, too. To be honest, when I saw Johnny Lee was coming back for this match, um, I was pretty unhappy with that because I thought it was just going to be a one-off. Right. But it was a great use of it. I'm happy they used it for Miro, who looked really good here. Dominant most matches he should. Elite got a bit in, which is fine, like a fair amount, and the mirror looked like a beast. I'm interested to see what they'll do with him, and it's good he's finally back, because I don't know where you really go with him, you know? No, I don't either. Um, I... But we'll see. Yeah. Um, then there's just a quick Anarchy in the Arena package, just match highlights. Yep. Which, the package wasn't set to wild things, so that's kind of stupid. <laughs> um, And to kind of follow on from that, we get a jazz in-ring promo. Of course we do. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Parker's, or Angela Park, damn it. Angelo Parker says, um, at Double or Nothing, they dominated Anarchy in the Arena. Says, therefore, the AW Galaxy should appreciate them. Technically, they should appreciate Jericho. And then the AEW Galaxy should appreciate them appreciating Jericho. Right. Um, Matt Menard asks if you ordered the pay-per-view. I didn't, personally. <laughs> um, and if you did, you'd know they are the princes of pain, I think is what he said. Because um, nobody does it better. Um... Jericho says winning that match was not without a price, and he recounts what they went through. Talks about how Kingston wanted to light him on fire, and he's like, "What kind of man would light another man on fire?" That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that that got a decent chuckle out of me. Um, he says Danson said he would kick his head in, but he and Hager choked at Danson. And they won. That is indeed factual. Mm-hmm. He says Garcia will do the same to Mox tonight, and sports entertainers always win against pro wrestlers. Um, Kingston comes out angry with uh, Regal. Says none of the guys are talking to him. Like I guess like he hasn't been in touch with the other guys from Anarchy in the Arena since mm-hmm. uh, Double or Nothing, and he wants to fight them. He gets Regal say Blood and Guts is their setup for that, because it's like him seeing war games, except it doesn't, exactly. doesn't have the same gravitas. No. Like, I don't, it just doesn't... I agree. It's not the same. Um, uh, Jericho asks if he wants it, and says he won't get it, and tells Hager and 2.0 to go get him. They go attack Kingston. Ortiz comes in the ring from behind, just whips Jericho with the mad ball, which I thought that was pretty <laughs> yeah. funny, and cuts off a bit of Jericho's hair. Um, so then he ducks out of the ring and goes to Kingston once uh, the rest of the Jazz come in the ring and chase him off. Jericho calls Ortiz a stupid SOB and says his hair is worth more than his entire existence and uh, gives them the blood and guts match. And if they get that, he wants Ortiz in a hair of his hair match, which is going to be at Road Rager in a few weeks, I think. Yes. Um, um, what did you think? I thought Jericho talked a lot and said very little and then kingston says very little but accomplishes a lot right i don't know if that was the plan or not but that's kind of how it that's it that's broke funny down. but that that's right yeah uh i really like the match obviously at double or nothing i didn't necessarily need a rematch and like we said like i don't know where they go from this it does give a whole bunch of the top talent in the company something to do i guess and the match could be good again i don't know if it can be better than what they've already done but and regarding the hair versus hair match, I have a suspicion that Jericho loses this because I'm noticing a bit of a bald spot emerging from him, and he might be like, "It's time to get rid of this hair, and this is a way to use Go it." Bald? Like uh, maybe because I, I think he's losing his hair. I I've spotted a bit of a, a bald I have spot. No I think so that makes sense. I can't imagine him with bald though. No, and and it's a lot easier to imagine Ortiz without hair because he's done that before, right? He was basically like 
crew cutted earlier, I think. But anyways. When? Uh, he hasn't always had hair. At least not when I've seen him. But I don't know when. I don't know if it's AEW. Or I remember Santana having, like, Santana really short for hair. Sure. Like, but I remember Ortiz has always got, like, sometimes he had an afro or, like... Yeah. I don't know. I could be thinking of Santana then. But anyways, I... I know Santana did. But... This was this was okay, I guess. I Whatever. They were getting another match. I don't know where they're going to go, but we'll find out. You? Um. Yeah, so I thought the promo from Jazz was fine. Nothing special. Jericho didn't accomplish much, but I thought the fire line was pretty funny, actually. Yep. Um. I'm kind of interested for Blood and Guts, I guess. Um. Could be good. Could be boring. True. Just won't top uh, Anarchy. Probably Arena. not. I mean, if it does, great, but I have my doubts. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they're literally contained. Yes. Um, Samojo interview from Double or Nothing. Nothing much. He just gets attacked by Lethal and Co. The arm is targeted again. Um, I didn't really care for it. It was okay. It was just, I just it had Joe. Really much. Joe was attacked. I really didn't put any thoughts about it. It. it, it for I think it was against... just like in case you forgot because he just was in that Cole match. This is what he has. Yeah, I kind of so, don't. It's okay. I really hope Ring of Honor gets something. Cause I don't really need this on time. Like it's not bad. I just don't really care. I think I read somewhere that Ring of Honor's TV deal is going to be a while. They still don't know. Yeah. What it's going to. I look heard like. they're they're returning to pay per view in a decent time. Though. Yes, I think it's that I saw Jul- as well. July maybe for. Uh, Death Before Dishonor, right. 19, I want to say. Or, I think. I don't know. Um. Anyways, uh, next we get a big 10-man tag. Um, Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, and Jeff Hardy's replacement, Darby Allen. So that's pretty solid. Yep. Versus the Super Elite, um, minus Adam Cole. So you may think, oh, Jeff Hardy got a good replacement. I wonder who they got for Adam Cole. Take a layo. Yeah, who I have uh, talked about on... Um impact a few times i'm not a big fan he looks pretty limited to me and i, don't really care I think aew knew that by the amount of time he got yeah. here right yeah um and cole's on commentary for this one as well right yeah with his big square Giant belt beefy belt yes it is so square and so big, big. chunky as so chunky say. yes yeah. um so i yeah i don't really know why they had to replace cole because i know jeff hardy was up but like Hikaleo, really? It, they said he called in a favor from Jay White. If he really called in a favor, he would have taken like Chris Bay or Jay White. or Finley or yeah, I, that's what I said. Like take Jay White. <laughs> I would love to see Chris Bay in AEW. Yeah, and like just not Hikaleo. Like I yes, don't know. I also agree with that. I don't. I don't remember saying it before, but like Hikaleo is the Doc Gallows of Bullet Club, even though Doc Gallows is also in Bullet Club. So he's the Doc he's the Gallows. heir apparent to the he's Doc the Gallows throne of yes. nonsense. That's exactly what he is. He's yeah. the heir apparent to Bullet Club. Um, to the worst to member Doc of Gallows. Bullet Club. Yeah, he is the heir apparent. <laughs> like the second Doc Gallows is there, it's or he, the second Doc Gallows is out, it's Hikaleo. Yep. And then he just needs like a slightly more talented tag team partner. Exactly. I don't know who, but. Someone like Carl Anderson, but that's related to Haku. Um, so it has it has to be someone related to Haku because I think he's related to Haku, right? Because I feel like I saw Haku on I have no AW idea. Um, with Hikaleo. Could be. Um, probably. Anyways. Anyways, this match. Uh, basic double team offense to fish by Cajun Hardy. They're old, so imagine what offense they did. I'm not gonna explain it. I am remembering it right now, but I'm not gonna explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was boring. Um. <laughs> Stereo Moon tells the outside by Luchos and Jungle Boy to opposite groups of people. Um, the Bucks go on a bit of a flurry before the commercial break. Jungle Boy hit a destroyer to Matt Jackson off the back of Luchos after that was a cool. hot tag flurry from Luchos, which I actually really enjoyed. Yep, me too. 
Um, that that was pretty good. Luis Torres and Hikaleo close a double close on the takeout to Kyle Riley and Darby Allen. Um, did I know anything else from Hikaleo? Nope. No, and that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's how it um, should be. Yeah. Uh, Red Dragon hit chasing the dragon on they the did. outside to Darby, which the roundhouse kick brain buster. Although it's a suplex now, it wasn't kind a brain of. buster, so I'm less of a fan. Yeah. Um. Then there was a super kick party uh, from the Bucks. Then so Red Dragon take out Matt Hardy with total elimination because he was in the ring. And the Bucks hit a picture perfect Meltzer driver to Jungle Boy. Like it, it just looked really crisp nailed for some him. reason. Like yes. they just nailed him. Um, and they score the win for their team. Also, Nick Jackson's clean shaven now, so they just seem to change their look. Like they do. You can never pinpoint a look on them. And somehow he'll have a full beard next week. Exactly. Yes, bizarre. I remember. Like last year, the last time they uh, went clean shaven for a bit. Like I think it was. Um, I remember they also changed their ring gear too. It was. I don't remember why. It might have been the. I want to say it was no, it wasn't the Looney Tunes thing. It was something else. Oh my god, I forgot about that already. Um, it might have been the Ghostbusters one. I don't know. Anyways, I remember the last time they clean shaved their face for for a bit. No, they were wearing like streaker or something. Remember they had, like a street fight match and yeah. like they were like wearing shorts or something. Oh, uh, I sure. forget what that match was. It was like it was some sort of like street fight kind of match. Um, anyways, then they had like a beer like one or two weeks later. It's like yes. it's miraculous and like Nick Jackson love his hair, hair colored weird or something. Or like he'll have the handlebar mustache again. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Matt Jackson still the sideburn. So. So this match, despite feeling like a bit of a mishmash of random people due to the replacements and stuff, I thought it was a really fun TV tag match. The my main complaint would be when Matt Hardy was in control, running everybody's head into all of the turnbuckles. That seemed to be a bit longer of a segment than I needed. Um. But everything else I thought was really good. It was. A very much an AEW style multi-man match, which means you're going to have to forgive some referees not getting involved enough if you're okay with that. But if I was you're not Jr. I was entertained by this. I like this match actually. You? Yeah, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I don't know why you had to replace Cool with Hikaleo, but I I digress. Um, I like this a lot. Classic AEW multi-man tag. Another one fun one, harkening back to that the days when that was the norm. I don't yes. even remember the exact period when that was. I want to say at some point in 2020. Yeah, where it was like every opener was a crazy six-man tag. Or like, like at least like some point on the show, like there was yeah. always like a six-man tag or an eight-man tag. Um, I want to say it was like late 2020. Or and even if they're just throwing it together without much of a story, it's still fun on TV. As long as you have a solid talent pool, which they did. Right. Yeah, it works well. I liked it a lot. There's a lot to like here. I thought the Bucks were great. They had some good moments. They were probably the standouts here. I actually really like the Luchasaurus hot tag. Get a standing moonsault in there. He did. Um, Kyle Riley and Darby had a good exchange um, after their match on Sunday. There's a lot going on. I don't remember anything bad. There's Martin limiting the use of Hikaleo. But the Melter driver, too, just looked really good for for some reason. It did. And they actually pinned uh, Jungle Boy. So um, that's interesting. I'm down for that title match. That would be good. Yep. I don't think they need to win that, though. Uh, Young Bucks, I mean. Uh, next, we get a Swerve and a Glory interview. Just kidding. A Lee and Swerve interview. I'm not going to call them that. Please don't. I will never. Good. It's weird. It's not, it's not even like it's the worst name ever. And I was saying this. Like, it's not the worst name ever. It's just like, it's n- it's so it's not good enough to make me uncomfortable. Like, it's just like kind of, un- it's just, it's not the worst name. It just sounds really weird. It feels WWE to me. That they, yeah. Something they would do. It's just, not, it's not even right back. It just, it just sounds weird. Yep. It's just like something about it is often makes me uncomfortable. Swerve introduces some people they have with them. It's like if uh I'm just saying this now, it reminds me like it would be like if um um we were like 
we saw Uncle Phil and he was just like he's got like some city people with him. He's yeah. like introducing yeah. them. It'd be like something like that. Like I don't. And the whole time you're I'm like, I don't care, dude. I just want to talk to you. Right. Because that's how I felt here. Like, that's why pretty, are we wasting all of this promo? All on he this. said. And then Lee says, whether it's tag or singles gold, the goal is gold. Shocker. He says, you will all swerve in their glory. I don't know who these other people were introducing them was like more than half of this segment and none of it meant anything to me i kind of felt like this was a wasted opportunity because these guys had just had a really entertaining match on the pay-per-view i'm like yeah i'm kind of interested in these guys as a tag team let's hear what they have to say and it was here's three people that you've never heard of that don't matter and our promo's over we want yes people that you haven't heard of and that you probably won't need to hear so i didn't understand why they did this i thought it was kind of a waste of an opportunity for these guys yeah it was short it was fine it was kind of a waste i'm sort of didn't really say much other than introducing people that will not be important i hope not at least i don't need to see them again um and lee was okay but they need to ditch that um ending line slash tag team name yes like i feel like um in NXT UK, the hottest tag team under the sun. Like, sure, that's longer, but I'd rather that than me too. For, I'd rather that for them than this for them. Agree. Like that's just less offensive. Um. Next, we get an interview with Athena on the stage. Um, and I was like, oh no, she Am- Ember Moon's gonna speak. Which I actually is never forgot good. that that's not her strong suit. Ne- oh, it's I forgot. Really... But anyways, go ahead. We'll talk about what I thought of this. Um. One. She said she can finally say Athena's all elite, baby. She said that there's uh. She's there due to the competition in the AEW's women's division. While mentioning the dominant TBS champ Jade Cargill, she said that all streaks are made to be broken. She will be the one to beat Jade Streak. She said she's the fallen goddess. Wonder what she fell from? WWE, maybe. Maybe. Um, here come and then so Jade comes in and says, "Tell Sony to cut the crap." Um, she comes with the baddies. Um, Stokely Hathaway speaks, saying he's Jade's publicist, saying this woman is a queen, goddess, or TBS champion. Jade said. Um, not today for a title shock. Here, Hogan stepped up to Athena, and then Anna, Jay, and K- Chris Atlanta, because they needed to be here. They come up to support Athena, because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought this was simple and effective, and Athena has cut some pretty bad promos as Ember Moon, but I thought this quick thing wasn't one of them, and maybe it's as simple as, like, being tightly scripted in WWE um, doesn't help her at all, right? And um, imagine, like, if you just let her sort of here's the gist of what we want you to say, go out and say it. She sounded a little bit better. Um, So I got what I wanted with Hathaway replacing Sterling. Not that Sterling doesn't do a really good job, but I don't think he fits as well with Jade as he could with some other people. So I like the presentation of Jad and the bat, uh, Jad, Jade and the baddies. Um, It seems like they're doing a hurt business like thing that I was kind of hoping for. So I'm fine with it. And if they build it correctly, I think even Athena would be believable as the one to end Jade streak. If right, they that's what we were saying. Yet. They didn't really have anyone no. to beat Cargill, and then they brought someone in. So which card to them? That's smart. Yep, and I think it's possible if they build it right. I don't know when. Although they on the other hand, it's not the best timing. So I would kind of like some time for Jade to be champion with um, Malcolm Bivens Me around, because I feel like once you take the title from her, she's probably like she might take a break or something, and then um, Bivens is kind of. And I think Bivens is going to be different than he was in WWE and get sort of the shackles will come off. And I think we'll see. He is really, really good on the mic. He was good in Diamond Mind too. He was great in Diamond Mind, but I think he'll even dial it up probably in this role with Jade, right? I vote he ditches the baddies and manages Taylor Rust to single stardom. (laughs) Dream on. I look forward to this uh, affiliation. I did forget to mention in our news because it was the 
best news, news of last of the week. week is that um, when the Bucks were doing the Hardys uh, cosplay, there actually, actually one of their opponents was it was like something Cruz, and then Taylor Rust is on Rampage. I don't he think was. He really did anything, but he was there. So the journey has begun. Yes, journey to the AEW Championship. Yep, or anything. Yep, journey to TV. Yeah, wait, he's on TV. Journey to doing something where I can see him without having to try hard. Nice. AKA getting on dynamite. Um, so I thought it was okay. Promos an urban or strong suit, but I think I think it was solid. Um I liked Hathaway. He was pretty good. Um nice to see him back on TV. And yeah, he will have more freedom here, which I think will benefit him. Me too. It'd be like um if Paul Heyman had no restraints. Right. Um I think he'll work very well for Cargill's mouthpiece. The whole argument like when, when all the people were shouting at each other wasn't very interesting to me at the end. I didn't really care for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wardlow versus JD Drake, and his Instagram handle is a uh, real James Drake, which throws me off because I think of James Drake. Yes, from NXT. And this was the only reference I think on uh, Wardlow's nameplate when he comes in. It said "destroyed MJF" over it, and that seems to be like the only mention of that on this show, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't really much to note. There's just some chops by Drake, and then Wardlow hit a big clothesline and he wins with some power bombs. Uh, so we're back to that formula. Yep. Yeah, um, it was like they we were back to before he had the match with MJF, kind of, which was mm-hmm. an odd choice, I thought, but mm-hmm. okay. Um, post match, Giovanni interviews Warlow. Sterling cuts it off, accompanied by security guards. Um, and got one of them gives Warlow paper, says he's serving Warlow, um, on behalf of security council or something like that. And um, he'll see him in court, and then. Uh, Ward the Palms, the guy who handed him the papers. Yeah, so I know that Sterling, there was a tweet or something about how he was trying to get people to sign a clash a- action suit. It makes sense with his like lawyer background. So yeah, we're back to a standard Wardlow squash. And I don't know, the Sterling angle to me seems to indicate he's going to keep demolishing security guards for a while. So I thought Sterling did a good job uh, in the angle. I guess it makes sense, but I think they really need to strike while the iron's hot with Wardlow, right? Like, he's at, like, yeah. peak strength here. You need to get him into a feud of some significance, I think, pretty quickly. So I don't quite know where they're going with this lawsuit storyline, but I think um, Wardlow needs to get involved with a major player pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. Um, match was just a squash standard. Wardlow match, not much to say. Supposed to match was fine, but I feel like it could lead to a court segment. I hope it isn't, because I don't really want to see that. No. And I think he needs to be involved in something worth his time. Again, strike while the iron's hot. I don't think you can give him a title, but give him something worth his time. I could see him being involved in, like, TNT title. He could squash whoever has that. Scorpio Sky, right? Did you actually just say whoever has that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Um, speak of the devil, we get a Scorpio Sky interview. Lambert says whether you like Dante Martin or not, you can't deny his potential, but it just means in a couple of years he could be as good as Sky is now. But Ethan Page says he has a couple of days, not a couple of years. Um, uh, Sky's about to snap his fingers to end the segment. Oh, I actually did that. Recently. Yeah. I don't usually do that. Um, Impressive. <laughs> uh, Dante Martin interrupts says he appreciates the confidence in his potential, but he thinks he is better than Sky is right now. He'll prove it on Rampage. Did he? I don't know. So they're sort of leaning back to heels with Lambert and Men of the Year, I guess. So I liked Scorpio Sky in the full suit and carrying the belt. It looked good and he speaks well. Uh, Dante Martin didn't get to say a lot, but he does seem to be getting better. And they kept his role minimal here, which I think is smart. The match could be really good if given some time. I don't imagine Martin wins, but um, for some reason, I don't know. This is where I feel like Wardlow might be coming for the TNT title once the lawsuit thing runs its course. 
because I don't think they want him in the main event picture. No, I don't. I and but, I to be fair, I don't really want him in it. Either. I think if he stays a tier below that, he should still be steamrolling people for a bit, right? So I don't know when you have him lose, but it shouldn't be now. So we'll see. I guess where that goes. I would also like to see him in more of a match where he's not doing that, because I feel like yeah, that'll that's the next step for him. Because I think he can keep steamrolling him people, and I think he should still be pretty dominant. But I think we do at some point need to see how he can like actually work a match, yes. right? Like I think we need to. And see that, and we have we haven't seen much of that. I don't even remember the last time he did no, something. Like nothing that. competitive in so, a long time. I think we need that. I think it was fine. The promo from the year was solid. Dante didn't sound bad. He was all right actually yeah. for him. yeah. He was like, usually. I he's not the best sounding. Correct. So um, he was pretty solid. That was all right. Um, next we got our women's match of the week, as I will always refer to them as. But that's at least they worked four women into this yep. one. Um, wasn't. Very exciting mix though, because it's Baker and Hater versus Storm and Soho, which that was on Rampage before the tournament, right? Was it? I swear it was. I don't know. It could be I right. M- remember, there's one of the promo segments, and you're like, Tony Storm doesn't look interested. Oh yeah, she did not look interested in in certain things. I think that set up the first version of this match. Could be. I believe. Rematch. Which, which confused me why this was here, but I digress. Um, there's stereo kicks to the chest and slash back of a seated Baker by Storm Soho's like coming from both sides at the same time. Um, Baker takes control, takes and Hater who stomps Soho in the corner. There's a draping neckbreaker from the apron by Baker on the outside. Uh, a side of suplex by Soho. She makes a hot tank to Storm for a flurry. Um, there's a draping DT on the outside from the form the apron. Uh, by Hater. Um, then she takes a dive and cross by the outside by Soho. The DT was pretty cool. And then Soho took a sling blade from Baker, so kind of like a move 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 thing right uh hater blocked the back heel trip from soho it's a solid backbreaker um so actually one with uh so actually one with uh hitting destination unknown uh to baker for the win which is just a crappy version of sister abigail i guess like it just it doesn't look super effective right and after the match hater hits soho and storm with baker's own heart belt which is, so her and cole are like wearing those such a thing is interesting which i don't mind i like cole having but they'll never defend them right it's... no they're not they're not those yeah. kind of it's like a think uh it's Braun's, like a trophy basically yeah i think braun Strowman and graves Royal rumble right um this match so i think that tony storm and jamie hater have good chemistry i kind of like this match um storm seems to be working faster more aggressive style and she's looked a lot better to me the last couple weeks so i actually thought this was a really good tag match for the amount of time they got and a really energetic crowd that got into it. Really good pace from all four showcasing themselves looking good, I thought. Um, the refs lo- lost control, as tends to happen in AEW, but that doesn't bother me here. Um, Hater and Storm were the standouts in this for me. I know you're going to hate to hear that, but I really liked this match quite a bit. I was surprised. Over-delivered again, so I thought Hater Storm individually over-delivered, and I thought this match did as well. I liked it. Yeah, I actually liked it more than I expected. It was pretty solid. One of the better women's matches I remember recently. Um, solid match. There were some solid spots. Had a good pace to it, I thought, actually. Yep. I'm teased a bit dissension between them. Uh, Hater and Baker, which it is did. fine. But I it's can't, coming. I can't say I'm interested in that. I, think, I don't think it's necessary or needed, but I think it, it'll, I feel like it's that's kind of inevitable. Yes, I think so. Um, Soho's finisher doesn't look finisher-worthy. Um, solid ma- match for the only one the women get. Yep. It was good. Um, then we have our main event, which is John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. Yes. Who I didn't know had his own theme song. Yeah, and he was wearing the, the white Kangle cap backwards, right? And Jericho's on commentary wearing it as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they um they played Wilding normally, so that was kind of a letdown. Yes. 
Um, there's multiple snapmares and back kicks by Mox. Like not like he kept snapmaring him and then kicking him a bunch. I mean, like you go snapmare kick, snapmare kick. Because the way I phrased it, I even remember when I was writing at the time, I thought the way I phrased it, it, it sounds like he's just snapmaring him a bunch of times and yes, then kicking him and a then bunch. Him. <laughs> Which that'd be kind of funny actually. Um, Guevara wedges. Guevara, ew. Wow. Garcia wedges Mox's leg between the ring post and the stairs and then drop kicks the stairs. Yep. So that was kind of cool. Later on, there's an Xbox on the steel stairs by Mox. Looks really that good. looks pretty nice. It and he's bleeding a bunch, by the way. Uh, front chancery superplex for two by Mox and rapid elbows. Um, Garcia locks in a regal stretch submission. Mox gets a rope break. Pile driver by Garcia for two. Jericho tried to interfere. Kingston comes to attack on Mox. It's a paradigm shift. And then chokes on Garcia with the bulldog choke. And then he, he has like a quick promo bit after, not really anything. He just says he, he basically signs up for blood and guts. Right. Uh, I thought this match started out kind of slowly and then picked up once they went to the floor. And after that, lots of violence, high impact moves. I thought Garcia looked as impressive as I've seen him with lots of smooth counters in this one. I would have been fine if this even had gotten a few more minutes, but I thought this was a really good match and a really strong main event, which I'm glad to say because we've been sort of like, yeah, we hear Daniel Garcia is amazing and. He's getting in some matches with some high-profile people, but I thought he looked really good here. I quite enjoyed this main event. Of course, it's not like Garcia's not um, a main event name at this point, but that, they do that sometimes on Dynamite, right? So I thought this was a really good main event. I enjoyed it. You? I thought I I liked it a bit. I thought it was pretty good, but I don't know something about it didn't feel main eventy to me. Like it was yeah, good, but I think I that's just, fair. It, it just didn't really feel like a main event. Well, Garcia has been such an afterthought. Like nobody in. Um, Jazz, except for Jericho, feels like they'd be anywhere near a main event, right? It seems like it's him, and then there's these guys in yeah, the background. Right. So that might be part of the issue. It is a Jericho Appreciation Society. Right. I, I guess. guess so. Living up to the name. Yeah. Uh, violent one is Moxie once again had to bleed. Uh, so they were saying that maybe it was bleeding. true. Stitches from um, the arena match got popped open here, and he was bleeding. That Quite bloody. Yep. Yes. Um, some of the spots were cool though. Um, solid showing for Garcia. Mox annihilated him at the end, like a paradigm shift, and then just choking him out. Not too dissimilar from the finish in the double With nothing Danielson match. With getting choked. Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess it's starting to build to Kingston's blood and guts team. Although I could easily see it being a double nothing rematch, which I would be fine with too. Like if they just rehash that, sure. Or if he's recruiting other people, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, show thoughts. I thought this show moved really quickly. It felt shorter than two hours to me because it was, it was, and not fast like um, NXT feels frantic sometimes and I get annoyed. This just moved quickly. Uh, the MJF promo was the highlight of the show, the highlight of my week probably, which that's a huge compliment, right? For me to say that a promo is my favorite thing ahead of matches and stuff. Um, but there were pre- plenty of other entertaining things as well. But the six-man tag and the women's tag were both really entertaining. I thought the main event was really good. Add in the return of Miro, a decent opener. It wasn't great, but it was decent. So I thought this show were in the A range. I gave it an A minus, and that's largely with MJF's promo just bumping it up, right? Um, even a, almost a full letter grade. It was just so strong. It raises the overall grade significantly for me. A really fun show with a can't miss segment and some good matches that I enjoyed. So it's my first one in the A range in quite a while, which makes me happy. So an A minus for me. What about you? Yeah, of course, the MJF promo was the highlight of the week. It was, it was great, um, like one of his best things, and uh, it's just really good. Um, the opener was all, all right. I think Punk didn't look quite. He didn't. He definitely great, didn't. But it was solid. Um, Miro looked on in his return, but not like the best match. I thought the multi-man tag was actually really fun. I like that women's tag over delivered. Uh, there was a world of squash that didn't really 
matter much. Um, but the women's tag was solid, and then I the main event was pretty solid too. So that's three good matches in an amazing segment. Um, Jasper was okay. Um, nothing else. Was, nothing was really bad. Um, but I don't think I agree. Like that's a, part of it too. An amazing show overall, but I thought it was really good, so I'd give it a B plus. Nice. Um, it's nice that we don't totally agree on everything all the time, but we were pretty close there. Uh, so that's going to move us into taking a look at some possibly terrible trivia from the questionable trivia book in a segment we like to call Off the Top of His Head. All right, I'm just going to go for it this week. I don't think these are going to be very hard for you, but I'm going to do it. It's Chapter 15. It's pay-per-view trivia time. Are you ready? All right, so this is going to be a really hard one. Which of these is considered the second biggest WWE event of the year after WrestleMania? SummerSlam. Well, is that what you is that your answer? Yeah. Yes, you are correct. It is supposed to be the second biggest. Although, do you feel that it is? Yeah. I would feel Roy- I think Royal Rumble might be. I don't know. I, I know, but I they, think it'd be third because like they they think that SummerSlam is the WrestleMania of the summer, right? Yeah, and then I feel like Royal Rumble is a little less, though, because it sets up WrestleMania. I think so. it's just because I prefer it. I do year. prefer it. So I'm, I'm, my bias is coming through there. Um, in which year did Survivor Series start? Uh, I want to say it was 88. Very close. 87. That is correct. 1987. Which of these is not among the big four pay-per-views? Ooh, this is hard. <laughs> okay. SummerSlam, TLC, WrestleMania, Survivor Series. That's ridiculous i know just answer it at least say like money in the bank or something yes. you know uh tlc correct i don't consider survivor series one of the big four personally anymore because no. there's nothing of value but there. Generally. i don't even consider money in the bank one like i would like it used to, to be i, I used like... to think it was yeah i would like to but yeah. i can't which pay-per-view event involves superstars getting an opportunity to win a contract for a title shot speak of the devil right uh money in the bank correct you didn't even need the options you're so smart which WWE pay-per-view event involves an Andre the Giant dedication match? It's an odd way of phrasing. Yes, and it is. Um, WrestleMania. Although, Sometimes SmackDown. I was it's just going to say, the past two it's years. been WrestleMania SmackDown for two years, or whatever <laughs> they call it. Um, they called it WrestleMania SmackDown this year. Number six, which of these WWE events is headlined by Steel Cages? Wow, that's a hard one. Do you want to not have the options and guess? <laughs> TNA Lockdown. Nope. Uh, Hell in a Cell. Correct. Number seven, which WWE event involves a, a lack of set rules and guidelines? Okay. I guess that makes sense. Extreme rules? Correct. Like that narrows it yes. down to very few, but that's just pretty funny. That's it. Extreme that's, rules. I like the phrasing there. Me too. True or false, WWE King of the Ring is awarded to the superstar who wins the money in the bank contract. <laughs> <laughs> this never disappoints. True or false? Hurry False. up. Right. That is really funny. What is the longest running WWE pay-per-view event? That's a dumb question, too. WrestleMania. Yeah, of course. Some of these That's are That's like saying, what's awesome. the oldest WWE title? <laughs> Which WWE pay-per-view has the longest run time? Obviously. WrestleMania. Correct. We'll just say, keep saying WrestleMania, and you'll be right. <laughs> okay. Except for true or false. I guess you can't for this one. No, I'm, I'm still going to say it. True or false. Money in the Bank is the WWE event dubbed the biggest party of the summer. WrestleMania. <laughs> true or false? False. And what is the biggest party of the summer? WrestleMania. No. Summer. Correct. Correct. I guess Money in the Bank is usually in July. So it's not even like 
Depends on which one you party more at. Oh, I guess. In what year was the first ever Royal Rumble? Oh, 88. Wow, why do you know that? Jim Duggan. Wow. Which pay-per-view event is mostly regarded as the most successful single pay-per-view event? WrestleMania. So they're, but they're saying like specifically. WrestleMania which, 1. Which one was regarded as the most successful? WrestleMania no. 1. No. Nope. WrestleMania 2. Nope. SummerSlam 1. Why did you stop going in order? WrestleMania 3. Correct. <laughs> what was the main event of that one? Hogan and Andre at exactly. WrestleMania. So that's the biggest one. Um, last question. Which pay-per-view event got added to the big four to make it the classic five? Really? WrestleMania 4. Or WrestleMania. Wait, no. King of the Ring? Yes, correct. Yeah, I've never heard that No, I, I knew that. It used to be a big one. Wow. Well, you did very well. Because those are like the only five they had, and then they started doing in-your-house uh, like half pay-per-views. I've like just those watched all of those old supplement in-your-houses. Yeah, those are pay-per-views to like supplement in between. I think like originally, I want to say it was like, you had the big five, and then you had like four or five in your house. They've been what I've been watching for nap time lately. I put that on, and I fall asleep. <laughs> well, you're saying you're not going to watch King Mabel? Of course we watched King Mabel. It was a tag team match with Mo too. Sir Mo. Sir okay. Mo, correct. It was. Uh, so good job. We're going to move into talking about our last review show of the week, and that is looking at this week's NXT UK. So NXT UK this week starts with a preview of the main event triple threat tag team match with each team getting a little chance to talk about basically how they're going to win, why they think they're going to win, etc. thought it was a like pretty... Like a breakout tournament where it's like everyone's like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Uh, I thought it was a solid package to start the show and sort of hype what I think should be a pretty cool main event. Um, speaking of cool, we get uh, opening <laughs> match of Sam Gradwell, ta- sorry, Sam Gradwell taken on Good old Von Wagner, because who could get enough of Von Wagner? I don't. No one. Well, I, I'm just happy because as a guy who quit watching NXT, at least I still am gonna get Von Wagner in <laughs> exactly. my life. Because well, it's I think everyone wants that because, as the saying goes, it's Von Wagner's world, and we're all living in it. And I'll get Lash Legend too, because I don't want to miss out on her. So you would never. No. Uh, we get some trash talk to start, then some punches by each man. Wagner takes control, delivers really basic offense to the grounded Gradwell. Fall away slam by Wagner back elbow and a rest hold by Wagner a couple of strikes by Gradwell before an extended bear hug from Wagner which was just which what's then more it, exciting it than evolved a into a standing bear hug what's more exciting than a good old bear hug a standing bear hug <laughs> Gradwell then with a flurry that includes nothing other than strikes and a body slam um, flatliner by Wagner for two Gradwell is defiant slaps Wagner who then get uh, levels Gradwell with the clothesline Gradwell avoids being thrown through a table as he did, Wagner did with uh, Ikeman Jiro, I believe it was. I thought he threw him in the crowd. So he tries to gr- apply a sleeper. Wagner counters the sleeper directly. It hoists him up on his shoulders and hits that finishing slam thing that I never know what it is. Never it's think something it from a fireman's carry. I don't care enough to say what it was. It was pretty much just an extended squash match. Gradwell hit nothing but punches and forearms. One wrestling move, and that was a body slam, which is not anything impressive. Whoa, whoa, it's a body slam, okay? It is never not impressive, I think is what you meant to say. So Von Wagner is big, but he lacks intensity, aggression, and charisma. Um, He just kind of executes basic big man stuff with no real flair. It doesn't really have a presence, right? Like, he's just there. Um, And he seems a great fit for main roster to me. Like, I'm surprised he's not already there doing what he does. I'm surprised he's not 
winning Money in the Bank, taking a while to unhook it, and then when he wins the World Heavyweight title, giving him unique expression. Yes, that is referring to Jack Swagger. So I was not um, super impressed with this opener. You, I can't imagine. Oh, I'm going to say, is Von Wagner bad? Yes, he is bad. Um, Smith and Carter are warming up backstage ahead of the main event, but instead we get Zaya Brookside and Eliza Alexander. They were asked. You sound think, so thrilled. It's like instead we get Zaya Brookside. Uh, they asked about their questionable tactics, I guess, last week. Amal interrupts as they start to answer, and she accuses Zaya's father of getting her a babysitter in um, Eliza Alexander. She's definitely not muscle. Eliza thinks that she lives in Amal's head. Um, this is Amal speaking. But now it's time to pay the rent, which I thought was a cheesy scripted WWE line. Yeah, I thought that right? was dumb. She wants a match with Eliza Alexander, sure. Whoever um, wants that. So scripted lines seem cheesy. Amal has good fire, but she's only okay talking. I think Zaya's a pretty believable bratty heel. I just don't find her interesting wrestling wise at this point. That is fair. I didn't I didn't really care for this. I thought that line was stupid. I did too. And I I, don't, I just don't really care about this. And I guess calling her babysitter is fine because like I said, she's definitely not muscle. She's not adding anything to Brookside's presentation. No. I don't know anything about this person. But anyways, we get an Ivy Nile vignette. Uh, basically, she works harder than anyone. Uh, Mako Satomer is a legend. So Nile can Wasn't study. Wasn't that Draco Anthony's thing that's like... Uh, I work harder than anyone. He got cut. He's gone. Yeah. Um, I, guess I thought this was a strange line because she says that Mako's a legend so she can study film on her, but Mako can't study film on Niall. Why not? There's a bit. There is. There's She's a, had several there's, matches. There's enough. And there's footage of her working out and doing all kinds of stuff. So I don't know. It was strange. She says that, uh, Ivy Nile, that is, she will bring the title home to Diamond Mine. And I thought she sounded better here in this recorded segment than in live ones. So that makes sense, right? As somebody new uh, to it this. It seems to be the thing. Right? So, um, yeah, she the, sounded... The common narrative, I should say. Completely fine here. Um, Mark Andrews is shown leaving the building. He's asked about his upcoming match with Kenny Williams. And I think we see Kenny, or as my notes say, Keeney. <laughs> Keeney is... I think he's crouched down. I, the idea is letting the air out of Mark Andrews' tire, I guess. Uh, anyways, they start brawling. And we sort of see Tiger Turan is kind of squatting and watching them from a distance. I didn't even notice that. So, uh, yeah, weird. Um, Rohan Raja and Teo Man are now shown backstage warming up as well, just making sure we get a glimpse of all three teams before they have their match. But before that, we get a match between people that are in that group of people I can't differentiate on this in this company, <laughs> right? So it's Angel Hayes versus Stevie Turner. I don't know which one's which. One of them is one of them. Angel Hayes the is the jobber. Right. Um, if you put these women in a lineup, a whole bunch of them, I don't know who is who, right? If you put Turner and Hayes and Eliza Amelia Alexander. McKenzie, Eliza Alexander, and if there's probably a couple other. Brookside, I would know. It's not that she's interesting. But like, there's just a whole clump of them that they really don't dedicate any time to character development and they're just kind of there yeah uh but anyways stevie turner is fired up because uh, she gets a bit of a, a split screen promo here she calls us all one-dimensional worms we should pay attention because the future is 4d apparently they tell us she is the four-dimensional superstar which feels like you're trying too hard to find a nickname to me i don't understand what that gimmick right. even is like i don't i, I don't get it um so turner is thrown oh she throws an armband in Angel Hayes's face and lands a boot to take control. We get a flurry by Hayes then, including a drop kick, running knee by Turner for two, running boot to Hayes in the ropes, followed by a neckbreaker. Another flurry from Hayes ends with a sling blade. Turner hits a pump kick and a side effect for the pinfall win here. 
So I, I don't know, just another like standard lower card women's match on this show. And again, since their personalities are never really developed, they're largely interchangeable and undistinguishable. Yeah, I don't understand what the point of having like a a match is. It's like it doesn't really like. It's not. It does. This doesn't change anything. No, that's a nice way of saying. I think Turner does show a little bit of charisma, right? She's at least trying to be interesting. I don't know if she's successful, but she's at least doing something. Um, but a pretty standard match, I thought. Not bad, but just like. I don't it was know. Just feels kinda... like a an NXT match, right? Yeah, Where and it was just there. It didn't. A couple didn't... people getting experience on TV. Yeah, it didn't do anything for me, and it didn't change anything. Correct. Uh, Amelia McKenzie, then another one of these interchangeable ones, is apologizing to Mako Satamura backstage because she lost to Last Legend last <laughs> week. <laughs> Mako tells her, "Be more strong, train harder, be better," and it's over. <laughs> uh, this is this is really funny. So it's basically like. I'm sorry, I suck and I lost. Do better. Train more, do better. Just Next. Be better. Move on. Yep. That's, that's probably the best advice, though. That's is all it was. Be better. Uh, then it's That's the, like saying I'm sick. It's like, be healthy. That's right. The only team we haven't seen warming up, and that's Mustache Mountain. They're getting ready backstage and start walking towards the ring for the main event. But first, we come back from a brief break, and it's an East End bookie segment. So that's Shaw Samuels and a bit of Noam Dar. Um, they will beat Wolfgang and Damon Kemp because Dar. The, I, I why are they teaming up? Did I miss something? Wolfgang and Kemp, because Wolfgang member after it was almost like recruiting him was after the match last week. I think it was Wolfgang said he was gonna teach him some. I don't know some Gallus something did, or other. He did, did he? He did. I remember this. Um. So I anyways, I totally flipped on that. They, they, they say Dar and Shaw are real friends, and Kemp and Wolfgang are fake friends. So Are they even friends? That gives them the advantage. I don't know. There was more to this, but that was the gist of it. I didn't really love these East End bookie. It's just like, why are you focusing so much on Shaw Samuels when Noam Dar's really entertaining? I thought I, I did like his... it, though, because Dar was... I thought they were entertaining here, actually. Yeah, but... I just think Samuel should be the clear second, and in these segments, he's not. But no, in the I don't Supernova mind it. it adds a little more to the Dar act, so I'm okay with that. Yep. I liked it here because I good. I liked a bit with Dar. I like I like Dar. Me too. Um, uh, main event time it is D Familia. He needs more than a basic figure. I'd like an elite of him with the cup. Taking on um Smith and Carter, taking on Mustache Mountain for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. So I like this style because one member of each team is in at all times. Yeah, so. I'll say this is one point where WWE kind of won up to AEW because I prefer this. Yeah, I like way it too. of doing it as well. So Tailman, Carter, and Bait. Makes it always feel like a multi-man match. It is. Take turns hitting moves and dodging moves to start. Bait and Carter then work together to take out Tailman before turning and facing each other really quickly. Smith and Carter double-team Tailman, and as Trent Seven is down, uh, Raja's in, and he's DDT'd by Seven, who's then power-slammed by Ashton Smith. D-Familia gets Seven and Smith trapped in the ring apron and attack them while they're in there. We get a backbreaker by Teo Man and a big power bomb by Rohan Raja. He's a powerful kid. Um, as D Familia isolates Seven for a little while here. Eventual hot tag to Tyler Bate. He obviously is going to clean house after that. We get an exploder suplex and a standing shooting star by Bate to Ashton Smith. Swinging sla- side slam a bit later by Raja, uh, but he takes an immediate German suplex from Seven. Avalanche Emerald Flosion by Seven to Ashton Smith. Tailman attempts to use the belt, but Seven takes him out, grabs the belt, and teases using it on Ashton Smith. But the inevitable Bait has a problem with that. He grabs the belt to stop Seven from cheating. 
Carter then dives to the floor, takes out Bate, and Ashton Smith rolls up Trent Seven to get the win. We have new tag team champions, as I predicted. It's Carter and Smith, and also as predicted, not that it took, it's not that it's any great prediction by me. It was pretty obvious, but we're getting the Mustache Mountain fall apart here because Bate. Yeah, it was more like uh, Trent Seven was saying, like, he said he would be done when he lost the titles. And right. so it's. He's and, following up on yeah. that. Yeah, Bate and Seven are in the ring. You can hear them sort of talking about what's just happened. They start to get heated. Trent Seven says they're done. He walks away as Bate asks if he's serious. So I thought this was a really entertaining main event with a result I expected, but I am also fine with it, right? Like Smith and Carter have been really good in their lengthy feud with Mustache Mountain, putting on really good matches. They've impressed me a lot over this little run lately. So I think they deserve a title run. So I'm happy to see them win here. If I had my way, I would have D Familia hang around and be the heel contenders because they can always fall back on the we never got pinned, right? So we were. I would even go like I kind of wish they also would have gone like D Familia win here, and I feel like that'd also be more annoying for Mustache keep Mountain. Chasing. It'd be more annoying for Mustache Mountain because like I feel D Familia could cheat them a thousand times. It's like, see, we should have cheated first, right? And then also, yes, the baby face is chasing kind of thing, right? So I thought a very good main event and the seven bait split has happened as expected, which gives them something to do. And then these tag teams can carry Maybe on. Maybe it's like a retirement match for seven against Tyler Bate. Could be. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> right. Uh, so outside of a really good main event match, I don't think there was anything else of note on no, this show. When you got Von Wagner opening, you're not, right. you're not bookending here. There's a Gradwell Wagner with a typical Wagner match. Turner Hayes match was nothing. No segments really of significance. So yeah. Despite really liking the main event, I couldn't give this show more than a C because the rest of it was like totally skippable. You? Yeah, the main event was good. I thought that was pretty good, but then there's nothing else. Like, um, the Mako promo at least made me laugh. Yeah, but just not like, for do that better. Then the Dar Shaw was fine. Other than that, like the other two matches, I didn't care for, and then nothing else really stood out. So I, I give it a C. Like, there's nothing you really need to see. Like, if you want to watch the main event, cool. Yeah, but it was good. You don't need to. Right. Uh, so that brings us to the end of that review. We only will have one more segment because you said there's no figuring it out this week. There was nothing exciting from the world of figures. Nope. So our final segment will be what we like to call any other wrestling business. And since we're not covering NXT this week, hooray, the only thing we're going to do is quickly preview and predict the lovely hell in a cell right uh yep that will be fun and uh, so um, i honestly don't know what most of the matches are so you're getting my fresh takes on this i'm picking as we go because i didn't care to do it beforehand no i don't either uh moss corbin no holds barred i'm picking moss because why would corbin win and moss has been repackaged and i think they're gonna want to push this kid uh, so we'll I call it a depackage I would, uh, right, the depackaging of Moss, I believe he wins here as well. Yeah, um, Kevin Owens' Ezekiel. That sounds like uh, it. I'm, gonna, I'm afraid. I'm going to go with Ezekiel. I don't, I don't really care. I will. It just seems like that's what they would do. And since I don't really care and I just don't want Kevin Owens to lose, I'll take Kevin Owens just because. To be different, I'll take yeah. Kevin Owens. I don't really know why. I don't know. Is it, isn't it that he sees through it and thinks that he is ezekiel is elias yeah and then he was also coming up with the theory that elias died a long time ago and then of that course. ezekiel was pretending to be elias to honor him now he's just being it's the whole thing stupid and then he mocked him by coming out as ken owens one week right 
So I'll take Kevin Owens. I probably okay. am wrong, but just to, for the sake of um, variety. Lashley versus Omos and MVP. I'm going to say he pins MVP, and so Lashley wins. Um, I guess because they can't keep having him lose to Omos, right? Lost once, once or, or twice. twice. I think this is the third match. I think it once. is too. So yeah, I, I agree. Think once. I don't know. I'll... I think Lashley gets his win back, but not at the expense of Omos, which makes sense, right? So yeah, MVP takes yeah, the Yeah, it'd pin. be like... um. Valor versus Lashley and Rush. I think he beat Rush. Um, at Elimination Chamber, uh, 2019, uh, Intercontinental Title, and then at WrestleMania they had the match where uh, Lashley had the yellow eye contacts and Demon Valor beat him. Right. Fast. Um, back when Leo Rush was with Bobby Lashley, good times. I miss him. I miss him and Dante Martin together. That tag team was oh, sick. I forgot about that already. Super fun. When was that? I don't was that know. this? That was this year. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't remember it. That shows how short it was. They had like what two matches on Dynamite, I think. Yeah. And Rush was yeah that that, that that's and up. then gone because Dante Murray was in Team Taz for one week. Right. Um, AJ Styles and Val and Liv Morgan because Liv Morgan has been given the right what? to do the two sweet hand, which what? that's stupid. Okay. Because her and Ripley used to be a team. I did um, not know this match versus Judgment Day. I didn't know it either until I looked at oh, the so card. Oh, so Judgment Day is Priest, Edge, and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I'm gonna go Judgment Day. Me too. They just seem like the the people that are getting attention right so i would think that they're gonna roll with this gimmick yeah for a bit so i would assume they get the win here too yep especially because Liv morgan doesn't win high profile matches right so why would it start now (laughs) (laughs) feels like anyways i mean i don't know i'm not Um, a main roster expert but i had i don't remember the last time it was on pay-per-view uh austin theory mustafa lead the u.s titles online Uh, they're not letting Mustafa Ali win an important match, so I'll take Theory, no. obviously. I, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, actually, you wouldn't know, but I'm pretty sure that Hell in a Cell is in Chicago. Guess uh-huh. who's from Chicago? Ali. Yeah, right, so no way. Nope. I just saw a no way, Jose. <laughs> good old company man John Cena saying his favorite wrestler is, is Theory, of course, because it's him in younger version, basically, right? And like... Hey, Vince, who do you want me to put over? Who's your favorite guy right now? Yeah, he would say Theory. Von Wagner if Vince said that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he checked with Vince first, and Vince said, Ah, Theory, go with Theory. Uh, Blair Lynch, Asuka, Raw Women's Title. Blair Lynch, Asuka. Um, I will say Bianca Belair. I just, I'm going to take Belair, too. I just don't think it's time to move the title off of her. Yeah, I, and I think Asuka had enough time with the title, and Lynch dropped it to Belair. Well, and I don't so. think they care about Asuka at all. No. And I, I don't, don't know think why she's in the title match. I don't think it's time for Lynch at this point, so I'll take Bel Air. Yeah. Um, the only Hell in Cell match on the show, Rhodes, Rollins. I'm going to take Rhodes because I don't see why Rollins would win, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think so. What's this, their third match too? Yeah, which and Cody won twice, so I don't know. I, I don't... figure it's just easier to have Cody go over again rather than have Rollins win and a third match. And you can't go even Steven, so you're going to have 2-1 no matter what. And Cody seems like the only person you can build to face Roman. Although they teased uh, McIntyre facing him at the Clash at the Castle, which and also Roman's not on the show again. Yeah, which I could see well, actually, because... Well, actually, he was on the last show, but he didn't defend the title. Because Clash at the Castle, they're not going to want any sort of meaningful title changes or they anything might, at though. that. I don't think they will. They generally don't when they go overseas. Yeah, but that's a big stadium show. I think they'll wait. And so I will say that uh, it's going to be Cody again because they're going to keep him strong until he beats Roman Reigns eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that it? That is it. Roman Reigns isn't even there. Interesting. No Usos. Interesting. And yeah. We're going to maybe watch this question mark. 
I want to see Rhodes Rollins, I guess. We'll put it on and then see what happens. Maybe we'll, you'll be second screening it. And maybe I, I who normally don't, who just focus on what's on TV because I'm old, I might even second screen some other stuff on this one. But we'll see. Because yeah. I've got the basketball game, right? So, anyway. If I'm not good tomorrow, I don't know how much I'd want to like subject myself to this but we'll see yeah we will uh check it out and i might check out in your house tonight um, I, I actually forgot that was I happening until you mentioned it before i we can't recorded. imagine i would be motivated to come down and review it but you never know um so keep your eyes peeled i imagine we would just maybe if we watch it discuss it next week when we come back for episode 99 as we roll in closer to episode 100 um so i think that's going to wrap it up for us this week thanks for joining us for any time that you take out of your week to listen to us talk about wrestling i appreciate it somebody new did leave a comment saying that they do enjoy that it comes out every saturday and they listen to it regularly which is one of our goals is to just put out content every saturday for you guys i don't think maybe we've missed one that we had to do on a sunday yeah once uh maybe a couple times it's been pretty much two years of us hitting every saturday afternoon evening so thanks for joining us. We do appreciate it. If you want to contact us, fnswrestling at gmail.com, uh, fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram, or leave a comment I on remember YouTube. To post. I always reply. The most comments we get are through Podbean. That's totally fine. I will always reply to any comments we get at this point. So that's going to wrap it up for us. We will see you back here next week for episode 99. And until then, take care. <laughs>